I never actually know how I'm going to start these things. I mean, I know the intro, but I don't know where yeah. it goes after that. We'll just see it, where it, it goes. It goes where it wants to go. Yeah. It always, it, like, I always actually get nervous before these things. Um, will, will you get into the flow? Will it be comfortable? Will it, or could it just be, like, well, we could just not say anything. I know. Every time I go into these, I'm like, oh, I'm just going to fucking screw this one up. <laughs> there's, a, there's a part of my mind that always says that, but then I also know that I'm, it's going to be fine. Yeah. Even if I think I'm doing a bad job, it's still fine. There's been ones I've released where I was like, that was horrible. Yeah. And people, people like, again. This setup alone, you were 90% more legit than anybody else doing podcasts. So, yeah. It's going to yeah. be great. Yeah. Which is, it's funny when you think about it, it's just two phones. Yeah. <laughs> and this thing. But, this thing's awesome. But that gives you all the cred. Phone cameras have gotten so good lately. Yeah. I, you know, I mentioned. Okay, you're getting distracted and we haven't started the podcast yet. Let it flow. Okay. <laughs> um have a bit of a uh, photography background so so dealt with a lot of fun cool cameras and i've gotten to the point now where my camera shoots just as good if not better and now on on the android phone it's got a uh, portrait mode where it like you know auto blurs the background and blah 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 half the time that's better than anything it does a really good job yeah so you're an android guy Yes. Mac computers, but Android guy. I did have an iPhone and then met Michaela and she convinced I've me to switch. I've never had an iPhone. Oh, so he you haven't joined. He made me switch to a Mac. I was PC before. I'm 100% PC. Yeah. Like I, I mean, at work, I use a lot of Macs. Yeah. I, I, I just can't deal with it. So there's something claustrophobic about it for me. I hated it too. And then I started using one and now I love it like a dummy. But I Android That's fine, though. for I mean, my phone. But it's like whatever, <laughs> if you're comfortable with it then great. If it works for you, then great. That's all that really matters. They're, 100%. They, they're both... I give people a hard time at work and I like I, I make jokes about it and whatever. But at the end of the day, like it's whatever works best for you. Mm-hmm. And, I, yeah. and I, I, like, I do have a problem though where I like to project what I like onto others. And I'm trying to like... I'm trying to really... Welcome to our entire business. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm trying to really hone that down and it's it's very difficult for me. Yeah, yeah. But oh, I know. Um, I know. Yeah, but ultimately it's whatever you like. Like uh, I, I, I despise Android more than anything. <laughs> it's just so I, I, that will be one thing I will never really use. But be, because I used both, I, I, I like both. But yeah, anyways, we can, we can talk about Android and iPhone differences <laughs> later. So I guess I'll start this thing. Yeah. It's a little bit different. I'm going to start with this part, actually. So we're not even going to start with the intro. This is not a technology podcast, <laughs> but it could surprise. be. It could be. It might be. Yeah, surprise. Maybe this we can is talk just about food and technology. Tech yeah, yeah. But you're listening to Vic Food Stories. This is the podcast where we talk about food in and around Victoria, BC. Except today, we're not going to talk about food. We're going to talk about alcoholic beverages and non-alcoholic bitters. beverages that go well with food. Yeah. yeah, all sorts of stuff. So I've got Michaela and Quinn. Hello. Howdy. How are you two doing? <laughs> really good. Really good. Yeah. Yeah. You guys are super excited about this. I'm so excited. I, just, I, I, I want to thank you because I know you guys listen to them like the other episodes. Yeah. And anyone that takes any time to listen to any of this stuff, like I'm super appreciative. Yeah. It's really exciting for us to get, we, we spend so much time in this room and we don't get to go out a whole lot. And so to be able to be here talking about I'm just closer to the mic. Better? Better. Better. Um, <laughs> to be able to talk about what we do is fun, but also to listen to your show and get the inside scoop almost on other people in our industry and people that we admire and look up to and learn about how they run their business. I think we do we do a lot of 
research of looking around our industry because we don't know what we're doing and, and and we hope the other people kind of maybe know what they're doing and we can steal ideas ideas from them and when they don't know what they're doing it's really nice to be like oh we're oh, not alone <laughs> I don't yeah. think anyone knows what they're doing, really. No, no like, that's, just, that's just, the secret of business. Yeah. Like we're in, fine by the super in life in general, though, yeah. like nobody ever figures anything out, really. We're all just doing our best and trying to like Trial and do error. what we can, right? Yeah. yeah. But it's it's like, it's wild for me to come here and then learn there's just three of you doing all this stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah. Two of us for the longest time. I have control problems. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Quinn <laughs> needs to be involved with everything. Shout out to Nadia. Yeah. Yes. Nadia's. Oh, yeah. Nadia fabulous. said hello, too. I told awesome. her we were recording. Yeah. She's another one that, that, like, she's been so supportive of, like, when Mike was with me and now, like, just with me. And she's awesome. Man, the, she has, like, her little fingers on the pulse of, like, the food and drink community in this city. Like, yeah. we, it's so funny. We always joke about, now, if like, I mean, we haven't gone out for dinner for a really long time, but whenever we do, like we had a little bit of street cred as soon as we, as soon as we, um, launched the vermouth. But when we go out with Nadia, it's like, everybody knows all Nadia. the bartenders know yeah. Nadia. Yeah. No one knows us. <laughs> Everyone knows Nadia. Yeah. Like, we're, we're just Nadia's friends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. But no, amazing. yeah. Like she puts up a lot on Instagram and stuff. Yeah. Or at least I, I, I mean, I haven't been on their that much that we were talking about that earlier i really haven't been on that much so i've i kind of feel actually feel out of place in like the food scene of victoria the last couple months i've been going on there and looking at stuff and i just i feel like i don't know anything changing so fast and so dramatically that i don't know if instagram's the right route to promote it anymore it kind of is but it kind of isn't What's the alternative though? TikTok. TikTok is awesome. Oh God. Yeah. But I mean, so the problem with TikTok. But so much more involved to make content. Well, and like Sean Sewell. Yeah. He's crushing on on TikTok. He's doing awesome. Um, The thing about TikTok and and it's, it's a hundred percent true that it like the second you open that thing. Oh, an an hour, three hours go by. It's a time vampire. I don't have it on my phone currently again because. It's such a time suck. Yeah. And I'll be like, oh, I'm just going to go check on like a couple of people that I follow because I really like enjoy their content and want to look at it right now. And then easily. But it, it was kind of the same thing with with YouTube. I would watch a lot of YouTubes because I felt I was learning a lot of stuff. And yes, there was a huge amount of it that was time wasting. And yes, I'm I'm still learning thing, things with the short form TikTok videos. But Jesus, there's a, an exceptional amount of time wasting, but it's. It's nice. It's completely. well. It's just the fact that you can swipe up. Like, what's the next thing going to be? Yeah, yeah. Just like constant dopamine, dopamine, dopamine. Go, go, one hundred percent. And how do you? Where's that point where you actually stop? Because the there next isn't one a point. Could that, be the that, that's thing. why it's doing so well. There is no that's point. Fine. Yeah, because you don't come back around. That like Instagram, you finally it's like things that you've seen already. Like you can eventually exhaust your feed. Yeah, but TikTok that yeah. just doesn't happen. I remember that I did that like near the start when we were on Instagram and we weren't really following that many people. And it would actually say something like, you're up to date. Yeah, exactly. You're all caught up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I can't do that time. now. But I do think locally, yeah, Instagram is the kind of way to keep the pulse on the food scene. But I don't know. I think it might it might shift. But even Instagram, I feel like a lot of it is on the stories. Like, it's that short form of, like, updates. Like, that's where people are like, oh, we're sold out for today. Or here's their pop-up. I'm just thinking of, like, blog. Yeah. or podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wish on Instagram, though, that, like, when you share someone's stuff, there, there, it gets way less views, mm. like on a story. Mm-hmm, if you go mm-hmm. and share someone's post versus putting up your own photo yeah. and like the one where they can, they can actually click into their, uh, on their actual picture, it, it gets for whatever reason, like half the amount mm. that an organic mm. photo will get. 
So it, it's interesting to me. It's almost a better idea for me to take like a screenshot of something and put the screenshot up because it'll oh, treat really? that like a new a new thing. The algorithm knows uh, what's what. Yeah, I don't know and, what's I, I don't know what's up with that. Well, I, I think it kind of makes sense in in a way. They want to encourage users to create content, not just like. Because it's so quick and easy to like do a little repost, but it's so much more effort to make something new um, that I think they're via driving views, encouraging people to yeah content. make original content. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know, I don't know how it works, but it's I've done some stuff recently, and and like I haven't really been on there that much, but my the numbers of people that I've been reaching, um, like it's really humbling. That there was that one post I did that was like twenty three thousand people. Wow, yeah, which is, is like, like that's crazy. <laughs> wow, which is way like, like that's more than than I think that's the highest for sure that I've ever seen. Um, like we just did that contest with the whole beast, yeah. and Village Butcher, and that one was at fourteen thousand uh, this week, like on Tuesday. Are there even fourteen thousand people in Victoria? <laughs> <laughs> Let alone fourteen thousand people that like really give a shit about food. There must be. Yeah, there has to be because nice. like th- these are all. I mean, it's not obviously everyone following the account. But like these are all real people. Um, I'm sure that there's probably a couple bots that snuck in there because yeah. those used to be all over the place. And yeah. I don't. I, I that was one thing that always bothered me was when I saw accounts with like a huge following. Yeah. <laughs> but then it's all these. You go into it and it's like all these photos of like no profile picture or obviously just full of like it was actually like a hundred people, not two thousand. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> there used to be a lot more than a lot more of that. I feel like which, but it's it's died off. So it's interesting though. Like it's just really I, I'm really intrigued by numbers. So like when you look at like our account or my account now, I guess, I always classify Mike as part of it, even though he's not active. Yeah. But it's like, you guys have a business one, obviously not like a personal, right? You get all the numbers? Yes. Yes, we do. Yeah. So it's like, you look at it and it's like the demographic and where they're located and just seeing like, I love the fact that when I go on like the, on, on Vic Food Guys, like it's all Canada. It's like 95% like BC basically. Yeah. Like there's nobody else anywhere and I love You're it. You're Vic Food Guys. That's really what you want. Yeah, hundred percent. Is you know you don't you don't want somebody in you know, Texas or whatever. Like yeah, okay, it'd be nice, but maybe they're going to travel here and they're looking for something. That's true. I don't know. But they won't be regulars, and you want regulars. Regulars are great. Yeah. yeah. Shout out to anyone who listens to these and is a regular, <laughs> including you guys. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Um, so we're here for anyone that doesn't know this place where I am right now is where Rootside comes out of. Mm-hmm. And Esquimalt wine. And Esquimalt wine. It's confusing because it's just three of us who do both of those things. With two <laughs> brands. Is, yeah. Three people, two brands. This, and then you're winning gold medals everywhere and, and like down in San Francisco, like world world competitions. And I just, I, I, I don't really know where to start with everything. Yeah. But, but so like earlier, so you were, you were mentioning about back there. So this might be a little disjointed. We'll just kind of bounce around and do stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, Should we, do you want us to do like a, a once over of like... I was I was going to say what the business actually is. <laughs> what do we do for a living? I, I think that do you want to go in order or do you just want to bounce around? Just bounce around, do whatever. It's fine. Quinson Asian of chaos, and I'm like, I would like a list, please. <laughs> I have a list, like like an organized. Th- th- this is why we work so well together. Yeah, this we, is us we, in a nutshell. Yes, we, we we constantly see ourselves as two sides of the same coin who who complement each other with various different skills, and that is a prime example. You you keep this th- this thing organized and moving forward, and if. If it weren't for you, this whole thing would collapse. So We're, basically, she keeps the tornado like going oh, in a straight line. Yeah, yeah completely. Instead of just like, yeah, whoosh. yeah. She, yeah. she, Michaela's the mastermind behind that tornado. Hundred <laughs> percent. This is this is like Mike and I before. I was the organized one. 
and then we go to like a functions and I even had somebody come up to me and they're like, um, Mike was just there socializing mm-hmm. and they asked me, they're like, is he drunk? <laughs> and I'm like, no, this is, he's, he's very social. He's just Mike, you yeah. know, just who he is. I, I had to keep him, I had to pull him in and keep him in line, not keep him in line, but keep him like from not going too far off, off on a tangent or whatever. Yeah. 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 Mike's awesome. But it, so this sounds like the same thing where you, you compliment, right? Yeah. Quinn's all be like ideas and like, Ooh, this is shiny. We should do this. Like <laughs> jumping all over. But l- like you were saying before, you have the same problem. I do where I, if I get really invested down the rabbit hole into some topic or category or thing, all I want to do is share it with the people around me. Oh, hundred percent. And that's kind of what the business is, but I seem to collect hobbies. <laughs> it's an understatement of the century. <laughs> um, and, and Michaela keeps, keeps that focus because man, we could have gone down so many different paths and we almost did. A couple times, times yeah. but Michaela has just kept that focus where where it needs to be. Do you want to expand on any of those things you almost went down? Oh, or just better things left? that were like not related to. So, okay, <laughs> we'll bring it back. So, Rootside, we make non-alcoholic mixers and bitters, so like drink concentrates, and then yeah. Esquimalt Wine Co. is bitter kind of aperitifs and interesting things, but booze. So we have alcohol and non-alcoholic. And a lot of the tangents that Quinn has tried to go off on are not related to either of those things. <laughs> so, so, so a third brand new business. Well, well for, just like for with, example, right now we're selling. Uh, do, do you know what a baking steel is or a pizza steel? I saw that on the website. It's for yeah. cooking on, right? Yeah. Like cooking a pizza. Thick, yeah. Very thick slab of steel. Um, I, I saw that and I'm like, why is this on their website? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's thanks, what. My- thanks to Quinn. <laughs> so, so I. A hunk of steel like that is like 18 times more thermally conductive than a pizza stone for whatever. Um, and I got one for myself because I wanted, heard about these things, wanted to try it out. And then uh, we're friends with a, a metal fabricator. Um, Freeman Fabrication. Freeman Fabrication. Never worked, go to her. Yeah. Bronte Freeman. She's amazing. We met her at the Moss Street Market, actually. Yes. She was awesome. a vendor there yeah. the first year we were there in like 2018. Um, so talented. She's amazing. But um, I, I got her to make me one of these bacon steels and uh Michaela went and asked if uh unbeknownst to me to have our little logo put on it and it was really sweet and I loved it and I went, wow this is amazing we should sell this um and then we got her to make her make us 120 of them hmm. um we have nine left um yeah we wow. sold most of them but like Oh my god! We paid we paid for them obviously when we got them manufactured, which was like last fall. Yeah. Um. But but we it, it, like it would have been successful if that was what we were focusing on. But that's not what we should focus on is selling bacon steels. We should focus on selling vermouth and ginger beer and, and the <laughs> things that drinks. we do. Yeah, exactly. So anyone that wants one of those, there's only nine there's left. There's only nine yes. left. Yes. Like great and- Christmas deal, <laughs> Christmas gift. Get on there and order it. That's awesome that you guys have sold yeah. that many. And, yeah. And and then the other. So question: Does it make pizza that much better? And- it must. And, and other things and other bread products we use. We actually use ours on the barbecue to make like smash burgers yeah. or like to sear steak yeah, or something if, like if that. You, because it basically will hold – it's like cast iron uh, on on steroids. It will just hold a ton of heat in it. Um, so when you actually say put, put a hunk of meat on there, it will just like sear it in, in an instant or in the case of, of pizza where you kind of want it in there or you know Neapolitan style, you want it in there super fast and, and out, it will – output that heat to whatever's on it ridiculously fast. Um, so for certain applications, it is beneficial. 
Okay. But we didn't and need just, to buy it, 120 no, of them to sell. No, no. <laughs> well, that's what I would do. I just get a whole bunch of them, see yeah. what happens. Yeah. They just let it ride. <laughs> or what do they say now? They say like, send it. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah that's yeah. the term, just send it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mind you, with that said, Esquamal is one of those offshoots where I, yeah. Slightly. We were, yeah. Ma- we were making ginger beer and tonic water. So let, let's start with that. Yeah. So I think the first place I met you was at... Um, Michaela was at uh, the uh, peppers. peppers. Yeah, yeah, on the in like oh, the July. Yeah, the island, oh, they did like a big one local vendor. It's like, or like it's island like showcase. The local showcase yeah. of all the people in the store, and and actually that showcase is one of my favorite food things out of the year. Yeah, it's amazing. It's awesome. I I miss it that it wasn't there last year. Yeah, exactly. That wasn't there this year. Yeah. Right. No. So hopefully next year. I but, assume so. But like that, I, I love that thing. So yeah, so I met you there. Mm-hmm. And how close to that was like the start of when you guys had started Rootside? That was maybe two years into it. But to be fair, that was summer 2018. And we moved over to the island February 2018 into this space. So I, that's kind of we, like the second portion. Yeah, we, like- we started the business in, in December 2015. Um where was that? In Vancouver. In Vancouver. Okay. Yeah. And we were just operating out of a like commissary shared kitchen space in the basement of the Safeway on Arbutus and 32nd, was it? I don't know. Anyways, basement of a Safeway. Um, sorry, I'm drinking carbonated things. Um, operated out of that shared kitchen for a couple of years. And the annoying part about that is every single part of our production steps, like we had to set up all of our equipment every single time we needed to use it and then tear and like, it all down take it down and put it in onto tiny Just shelves insane and, yeah. insane time waste how much time is that like to put it up and then take it down every time we've gotten way faster for example our, or back then though like our ginger beer to make a hundred liters or 200 liters whatever it used to even just the blending of like mixing the ingredients, not pasteurizing or bottling, but the blending alone used to take us probably like 20 odd hours. Quinn exaggerates everything, but it was a very long time. Yeah, this was a long day. Well, we were also like, um, we were out of a juicery, so they had all the equipment for us to juice the ginger ourselves. So that was, yeah, yeah, that was like a full day. And then we would- But either way, we've gotten it down where we can do like a thousand liters and we, we can blend all the ingredients in an hour and a half. Mm. Um, wow. Yeah, we've just cut that down. Yeah, which is yeah. wild. So coming back to peppers. Oh, God, there's going to be so many tangents. <laughs> that's fine. I, I think we're going to be here for five hours. That's yeah, fine. That's, that's acceptable. Okay. <laughs> um, so we were getting to the point because things were taking like a ridiculously long time to get anything done that we were at that like make or break of like we're running out of space. We have no time. We are so tired um, and living in Vancouver. So both of us were working other jobs all to support yeah, us because yeah. we weren't making anything to support for the our 600 square foot apartment. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's kind of that make or break point that we were like, okay, we need to have our own space so we can do this. Like, are we going to jump in full time or are we just going to kind of let this go? And Quinn doesn't like working for other people. So working for someone else after this was kind of a non-negotiable. Um, so we decided to jump on in and found this warehouse on the island and moved over. Yeah. February, 2018. So that was like the, I feel like the start of when we really kind of, it was an easy move for us though, because you went to university here and I grew up on the island and my parents are here. Um, so it made sense for us to move to to Victoria. Yeah. Yeah. And just have always loved it here. So it was easy 
but yeah, came over, set up the warehouse. So that was just like that first summer that we were here. What year was that? 2018. Yeah. And then 2019, June, July, 2019, we came out with our, see, she knows everything. We came out with our Rosso Vermouth. And we were just doing that in like super small, like 200 liter batches just to figure out how to make vermouth on scale um, or at scale. And then we came out with our dry vermouth in February 2020 (laughs) and then shit hit the fan. Um, So the Esquamalt side is very much a bit of like it's a pandemic baby. And we don't really know how that business functions outside of the pandemic yet, which will be interesting. Well. We'll get into the awards and stuff, but like the fact that that happened, I mean, I think it's going to do pretty good. That's my hunch. Cause like when I tried it, the, uh, cause I had that little, I bought that three pack of like the, you know, the one from last holidays. Yeah. And, um, yeah, like I, I, when I opened, I was like, oh my God, like this stuff is crazy. Thanks. It just, it's so different than anything else I've ever had. Like I'm not an expert at by any means of like alcohol, vermouth, you know, um, what's, what's the A word? The, the uh, what is it aperitif yeah aperitif yeah. yeah um so an aperitif no, that nobody really knows about them <laughs> and, and, and this was that whole thing of i want to share what i've fallen in love with and and aperitifs is one of those things that i feel are so good but nobody knows about them and i just want people to to know about them so is that um, something that you have before a meal to get your digestion digestion going so yeah. So there's two categories. You've got aperitifs and digestifs, which fundamentally do do the same thing. They get your digestion going. And the way they go about doing that is they are basically... Our dog is whining. <laughs> do you want to bring her upstairs? Should we pause for a second? I might just need to go feed her. Yeah. That's okay. We can pause this. Is that okay? That's hot. Yeah, of course. Or you can just... Do you want to just talk about vermouth? Yeah, I can talk about vermouth. We can just keep going. Yeah. I'll, if you don't mind, I mean, I can pause it too. No, no, that's she's fine. just whining. And we'll, it's her, and my, and my, she's like the cutest dog ever. And I got to say, continue. they have the biggest dog I've ever seen here. <laughs> and what, what's the breed again? Uh, she's an Irish wolfhound. Irish wolfhound. Yeah. I have not heard of that breed, but that name is so cool. And she's like the sweetest thing ever. And massive. She's there yeah, whining. She's hungry now. She wants dinner. Because it's her dinner. Yeah, she's a little hungry. Okay. I will, I'll be five minutes. Okay. I, I, will, I will yammer above her mouth. Okay. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> we live above our warehouse, so it makes this whole situation very easy. Um, There's she going. Oh, yeah. She showed, oh, she showed up on the video a little bit. So if you want to see her, you can uh, check out the video on YouTube. Yes. And, and there's, we have, there's photos of her buried on our, on our Instagram feed. Um, anyways, uh, aperitifs and digestifs. Um, so the thing that gets your digestion rolling is the fact that they are bitter and are bodies don't really like bitter things because bitter things, you know, tend to be poison. I was going to say it means danger, right? Yeah. Yeah. Danger, danger. So when you consume something bitter, it kicks your metabolism into overdrive because your body just goes, I need to expel this bitter thing you just put in me. And it kickstarts your digestive system. It kickstarts your metabolism to try and just get that out of your system. So drinking bitter things makes eating really lovely, rich, filling meals easier. Um, okay and they taste good if if it's done correctly they taste good yes yes i've had some really gross bitter stuff yes yes um so that it's like eating bitter vegetables it is a bit of an acquired taste it's like when you have uh a negroni for the first time it's it's 
overwhelming, but then all of a sudden you're like, oh, that was actually pretty good. Maybe, maybe I should have another one. And then over time, all of a sudden it's just. Now you start picking up, be, be like after getting sort of hit with that initial thing, yeah. you can now start going behind that, that huge wall and start picking up little things there. Right. Yeah. And, and, and that's really how it kind of started for us is we started, we started rootside making ginger beer, making tonic water and started really going so, down that. So what you got, you guys started where you wanted to like start rootside. How did that first come up as an idea? I got laid off. I was working for a political research and polling company in, in Vancouver. I've got a background in like kind of political science. Um, thought I wanted to do that, got laid off and then had, you know, one of those moments of like, uh, what should I do with my life? Um, and I knew I wanted to be involved in food and drink in some way, but being a chef and bartending seemed like too much work. Um, it's a crazy, I see what, what like the chefs that I do know or that I know do. Yeah. And it is like, I'm like, it's so much. I respect it so much, so much because like you have to be 150% in otherwise just don't even bother. Yeah. Yeah. You, you have to love it or exactly don't even, even 99%. That's not enough. Yeah. Yeah. You, you need to be able to be willing to be on your feet all day, every day and, and, and love it. Yeah. Um, and then I was sitting at a bar and just had a really bad drink. I think it was, it was like a dark and stormy or Moscow mirror or something like that. Um, and was like, what's in this? Oh, ginger beer. What's ginger beer? Oh, I could make that. And then it kind of literally started like the idea was, oh, let's just make like a keg of ginger beer, sell that, use what we make from selling that keg to make the next keg. And we were so green and I, like, I didn't even know we had to operate out of, you know, a commercial kitchen that needed to be inspected. Like we just had no idea what we were doing um, and slowly kind of figured out that, okay, now, oh yeah, we need to get into a commercial kitchen. We need uh, to, you know, make sure our pH is right. Make sure this thing is shelf stable, lab tests, blah, 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 blah. Um, went down the rabbit hole found cocktails, started loving cocktails, and then through that, found vermouth via, uh, uh, you know, a Negroni gin vermouth. Uh, Campari, you start playing around with, with the gins a little, go, oh, what happens if I play around with this with this vermouth a bit? Um, and then you go into a liquor store and there's like two options for vermouth. You've got Martini or, or Cinzano, which are like $11 a bottle. And then you've got a fancy one that's like $50 a bottle. But there's nothing in the middle. And that's kind of, I think, what we're trying to wedge ourselves into is, is, is that middle ground. Because as somebody who's getting into, into drinks, I went, oh, okay, I'm I've never tried these before, so I'm going to judge them off of price. I don't want to buy the cheap stuff, but I can't afford the, the, the high-end one. Where's, where's the middle? Um, and then that whole snowball kept going down the hill uh and then odd society distillery in vancouver like literally a week after having that thought had a it was called mid midnight summer something anyways it, it was like a vermouth hypercentric event welcome hello <laughs> um and it was sean layton john from sovereign and uh and i think it was mia from odd society were bartending but just showcasing like six different 
types of vermouth and all and and we were there and it was just like blew our minds what it could actually be and we just fell in love and we're like okay we we got to start making this and this was in like 2017 wow so So that's hilarious though that like the very sort of everything with like rootside was you having a bad drink yeah and then the thing that starts the next company is you guys having your mind blown with some good drinks yeah so I wonder what the third thing is going to be. Like, what Nothing. experience is going no. to lead to that? We're not. We're not going off on a no. no we need to focus. <laughs> well, it sounds like there might be a possibility that you might want to do it. Maybe. <laughs> never say never. Yeah. Maybe. But so so like with Rootside, so you you decide like, okay, what is ginger beer? Oh, I can yeah. make that. Yeah. So you guys make that first batch. Yeah. And and like, how does that go? Fine. It's a lot of work. It's so much work. <laughs> <laughs> like oh, we, we would buy a case of of ginger and we had we, we actually still use it for r&d it's in the back but this this small little um masticating tabletop like vegetable juicer and at the time the commissary kitchen we were in was a juicery their whole business was juicing vegetables and for some reason that just went straight over the top of our head so we bought a little masticating tabletop juicer off of craigslist mm. and we're like cutting up the the ginger into like one inch cubes and shoving it through this little juicer and just spending like all day juicing like 30 pounds of ginger and then i went how do i do this faster so i googled you know juicer commercial juicer for ginger and saw a picture and it was the machine that was right behind me directly literally right how long had you guys been doing it this like the the grueling way Six months? Yeah. Oh no. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh yes. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah. And then how did how did you feel when you actually saw the photo on like online, realizing the whole scenario? Dumb. But also relief. There, yeah, I was going to say relief. there must have been some massive amount of relief. Oh well, well, just knowing. Oh my god, we could do this so much better, and I don't have to spend any money to do it. The machine is literally three feet behind me. Yeah. But I just had no experience with that machine, so well, I didn't know. It was like the last podcast that I edited. Like I found out that new workflow. Yeah. If I had known this the whole time, oh, yeah. I literally could have cut out maybe like 80 hours of time at this yeah. point oh, yeah. Yeah. that I spent that I didn't have to spend. But It's hard not to dwell on that, but like you have to just like let oh, it go. Oh, forget about it. <laughs> yeah. It's already happened. You can't change it. <laughs> but, but, but since then, that's kind of been like our main shtick is trying to figure out how we can be as efficient as possible in, in our production. Because again, it's just, it's just the two of us. And yeah, we could hire out labor to do it but if get there uh, <laughs> we, we, we could hire out labor to do it but if it's not an efficient process already it's going to be very expensive to to hire that that labor and in our case i think we'd rather put to logically put money into an asset that you know if this thing went tits up we could sell and but if that asset, that piece of machinery can make things go faster, it means we can just keep doing it, just the two of us. More efficiently. More efficiently at a bigger, bigger scale. And then mm-hmm. when we do get to a point where we want to hire people, we yeah. can and it's Financially, it just yeah. from our perspective, I mean, it's worked for us so far, but we feel like it just makes more sense to invest in equipment and infrastructure than labor, which is basically kind of somewhat ends up being a sunk cost. Like you play, pay for it and you need it, but then you're never kind of getting anything back from it, it, it if that makes sense it, it, i feel like that sounds uncrateful. i think you need to get to like there's a certain bottlenecks that you get to and you guys it sounds like haven't hit one where you just need more people 
you're still working within like your capacity or whatever, yeah. the, what you guys can do. It's, it's like our, it's like our labeler. We, for, for the longest time, do you want me to turn that? No, just go. It's good. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I worry. No, um, this is, this is good for me. I just needed, I'm just like not even thinking about it. I'm thinking about it. Um, our labeler is just a little hand crank, put the bottle on, turn the crank label goes on but it's very one bottle at a time you have to focus on exactly what you're doing um so every bottle has been handled with love yes by it, one of it, you two hand labeled i mean i'm not we did that for a while where we were physically using like no machine just hand and then I we got we had like a masking tape guide on the table and i was like taking the label off and then like rolling the bottle over that and scraping and then we got a little thing thing with a hand crank and that was fine but it would take like all day for me to label a batch and now we upgraded to an automatic labeler that has a little conveyor belt and while we're bottling you know i'm i'm filling michaela's capping so michaela takes the bottle from me she caps it and then she just sets it down on the table and before it would get set down on the table and then it would get heat sealed and we'd have to label. But now it gets set down on the table and that table is just a conveyor belt and it goes through mm. the labeler and no humans had to touch it. And now we've just completely gotten rid of an entire day's worth of labor because of, of, of the robots. They're taking our jobs. They're taking over. But it's great because I have control problems and, and so yeah, you have to worry about things. the robot. They'll do what you not say. Yet. Exactly. Not yet. Not yet. Yeah, not yet. <laughs> they haven't flipped that switch yet. Yeah. Um. So, but this stuff back here. So, right when we were going to start, yeah. And I was like, let's let's oh, hold yeah, off on this. Way back to this. Well, no. So, like, I'm still I'm sort of bouncing all over the place. That's good. But I'm curious about these bottles back here. So, in, if you look at the video, um, on YouTube, between them, you're going to see this lovely assortment of colors going on back there. Yeah. And so what are in those bottles? That is the lifeblood of our business. Um, <laughs> That's very dramatic. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, fair. Okay, continue. Thanks. Yeah. Um, every single botanical, or you can think of it as like every single flavor that goes into our, our drink, every botanical we extract each one completely separately. So we basically, you know, say rosemary. Um, take that and steep it in a fortified mead or, or wine um, to extract its flavor. And we do each single botanical that we use, we extract it completely separately so that when we're making a product, we have these liquid extracts that we can kind of dose into that base mead to come up with the end flavor that we want. And then I can start layering them. We can start really kind of tweaking and, and and adjusting at a very rapid pace. And each one of those jars represents a single botanical because the one downside to doing this process is every time we make something, we always end up with a little bit extra that we need to kind of then decant off and store. So that is our, our herb library. And it's also super handy because when we're doing R&D, I can just go back there and go, you know, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of this and come up with a recipe so yeah, you could make like a like you could do some tests oh, yeah. with a little tiny bit, oh, yeah, yeah. and then it's like, oh, okay, we can do this, and let's just oh, my, increase the amount. My, my recipe development is probably like fifteen mil per sample. Is I've got a little cup and a gram scale and a little pipette, and I'm just drops at a time, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and recording every step. So that and then I'm the taste tester. Yes. <laughs> oh, you're lucky. <laughs> yes. So you just sit back and 
yeah, see what he gives you. But hugely, like that input is so required. Um, but that enables us to, you know, like come up with a recipe where I can iterate on it 50 times in a day. I can come up with 50 different versions. Whereas if I was steeping all of those botanicals in that base all at the same time, if I wanted to say increase the amount of chamomile, I'd have to re-steep all of those botanicals again. And that takes, you know, a week, two weeks, a month. Hugely inefficient. Yeah. Yeah. It, so, it, it, exactly. It would take me a month to come up with one version, whereas I can do 50 versions in a day this way. So like doing it this way that you do it, is that is that common? Do you know? I have no idea. Okay. Again, we know nothing. <laughs> well, 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 maybe. I, I think most vermouth producers, because on the it makes the production end complicated. Like our vermouth has 32 different botanicals in it. So every time we make vermouth, we have to measure all of our botanicals 32 times over. Whereas, you know, if you're just putting all your herbs into a base wine once and it makes that process quicker. Um, I found there, there was a vermouth company in the U.S. that pre-prohibition was one of the largest vermouth producers. And at one point, the person managing their estate had died and all of their internal documents went up for sale. Um, and some guy on the internet found them and posted them. So I got a really good in-depth look at how vermouth was made historically at from that company and probably about a dozen different other ones. And this was the one that spoke to me, I guess, the most. Because again, I have control blah blah. I was going to say that's the control. <laughs> yeah, I like to measure things. I like to be really, 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 really precise. And this enables me to be really, really precise and make sure that we're consistent from every single batch. Because, you know, 10 grams of, of rosemary extract, if you make it the same way, is going to be the same every single time. Um but there is some variation with like the botanicals yes. that we get sometimes too, where we notice um, season to season, season and- to season, or if they're from a different place, just the way that they extract flavor will be different. Yeah. So by blending them separately or extracting them separately and then blending them, I we can, can adjust. adjust kind of based on seasonal changes so too. We've got this, you know, this is what our product tastes like. Again, we'll use rosemary as the example. Rosemary was a little bit different this year. It was a little stronger, a little weaker. We can add a little more, a little less. Literally the day we are we are blending, um, which makes things easier and more difficult. Yeah, at the same time, but more consistent product. I yes, think. yes, yes. Ultimately, and you guys source those original things locally when possible, or some we do, some we don't. I mean. Herbs and spices are inherently an international yeah, of kind of game, like cardamom. We just don't have the climate here yep. for it. And to make, like our vermouths right now, are, are they are traditionally flavored because we wanted, you know, if you're making a cocktail, if you're making a Negroni or Manhattan or, or a martini, and you're buying a bottle of, say, Rosso vermouth, you kind of want it to taste like a Negroni when you make it at home. So we needed to use some international botanicals. But yes, we do uh, get local as much as frequently as we can. And then hopefully when they set up like a little herb garden outside and maybe grow some of our own, cause that'd be fun. Yeah. That'd but, be really cool. Yeah. That'd be fantastic. Yeah. And I, so I appreciated like when I had the gift pack, just the variety of flavors going on there because so two of them are vermouths. Yes. And one of them is. Was, was our Kina Rouge, which is like the sexy cousin of, of vermouth. Um, <laughs> that one to me tastes like blackberry. Yeah. So it has blueberry in it or yeah. blueberry sorry yeah, yeah. Well, I yeah. Mean, same same yeah 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 but that like kind of juicy 
yeah, berry flavor. That was sort of the flavor I got from it. And that was the first one I tried. And I was like, ooh, yeah, this is dangerous. Yeah. And yeah. then and nobody knows about that whole category. Nobody drinks it. And I don't know why. Yeah. So it's called Kakina is the category for that yeah. one. Yeah. Which basically vermouth is made bitter by the herb wormwood. Okay. It's like intensely bitter. Um, vermouth actually comes from the word wormwood. Yeah. Um, and then a kakina is made bitter by quinine, which is the same thing that makes tonic bitter. Um, so it's basically kind of those. It's also called a tonic wine. A tonic often, wine, yeah. yeah. But aperitifs are based are defined by what their makes them bitter. yeah their bittering. Kind oh, of I see. Component. Um, so is is vermouth is vermouth a type of aspartif? Yes. Yeah. 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 So, so say you've got like so an aspartif is the over like yeah, the arching yeah, thing. You've got you've got and an then umbrella of of aperitif, or sometimes they're called aromatized wines. Um, and then under that, there are various different categories. Vermouth is one of them. But it basically has to have wormwood yeah. to be a traditional. Yeah. Vermouth. And to be a to, to be a uh, a kakina, it has to be bittered by by quinine. To be an americano, it's it's bittered gentian. by gentian. Those are the three main kind of bitter aperitifs and then if it doesn't fall into one of those categories say if it's you know bittered by bay leaves or something um it would just be called a a vino amaro which is um bitter wine in in italian Hmm. um and but outside of like vermouth outside of using wormwood there isn't really anything else that makes it makes it vermouth to to something i mean it has to be like a wine base a wine base but wine could be cider it could be meat it could be grape wine it could be blueberry wine it could be all sorts of things yeah um whereas kinas actually are often the base is kind of a wine most people think wine is a fermented drink but there's a category of wine called the mistel sorry this is getting very technical um there's a category of wine called the mistel which is fortified juice so you take juice and you add alcohol like spirit alcohol to it to up the abv to 18 percent to make it shelf stable yeah um and that's normally what kina's the base is is just like unfermented grape juice with alcohol added to it that's cool um and so we kind of did a bit of both our our, our kina rouge had uh fermented red wine from the couch and valley and then we still wanted to do the whole mistel thing um but blueberry juice is delicious, so we made a blueberry mistel where we took blueberry juice and fortified it with with alcohol. So it was a blend of, of both so of was, those things. Was sort of that that the, the kino or kino rouge? Is yeah. that what it is? Yeah, kino rouge. So was was it attractive the fact that it's not as common? Like, did you want to do something different? Was that on, was that like we, on purpose? We're, we're the first producers to make a kakina in Canada since I think like 1942. Yeah, like World War II. Yeah. yeah, really. Yeah. So was that was that kind of the like sort of the draw to do that? A little bit. And we just had so Dubonnet is the most common one. Uh like next time you're at the grocery store, it has like a black hat on the bottom. It's usually on the bottom shelf, covered in a lot of dust, and it's like eleven dollars a bottle. Mostly old ladies buy it. And it's the but best it thing is you'll ever delicious. have. Delicious. Yeah. Really? It's yeah. really good. I would too. encourage you to pick up a bottle. Yes. Um, but we had that and we we're like <laughs> Again, making things that we like, and we're like, oh, maybe other people will like this too. Um, well, if you're starting with juice, I mean, yeah, get some delicious juice and go from there. Yeah, yeah. you're not going to yeah. have any issues. Yeah, I mean, that's wine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was kind of the inspiration. There is just like another kind of aperitif that we loved and wanted to try and make our own version of. Um, and then you have like the the Ross. Is it Rosso? Rosso or Rosso? I don't know. I say it Rosso. Rosso. Yeah. yeah. But the Rosso. I mean, then I had that, and it was kind of like. I mean, it was obviously sweet, but um, like, like it was like, to me, it was like cloves. 
Totally. Yes, there's cloves in there. Yeah. yeah. So that, that that's that's what I got from it when I had it. And uh, it was just such a cool experience after having um, uh, the other one. Yeah. Like to, then to go to this one. Yeah, they're so different too. Um, yeah, the Rosso is just like, I don't know. I love to just have it over ice. That was what, what we kind of wanted to do with all of our products is... I like drinking they, things straight out of a bottle because yeah. it's no effort. Yeah, but like enough character to kind of have on their own and be interesting. But then like kind of Quinn mentioned before is that they're not so crazy that you can't use them in classic cocktails. Mm-hmm. And so for the sweet vermouth, that's kind of was the key is like it has to make a killer Negroni. It has to make a killer Manhattan. And I want to be able to just like guzzle it over ice. Um, and then same thing for the dry vermouth. Like if it can't make a really decent martini, <laughs> what then are we doing? What are we doing? <laughs> and I, and my, my, the dry vermouth, when I had that one, I was thinking pineapple. Oh, yeah, interesting. That's totally. what I got from it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would argue that's probably coming from the yeast and how we ferment our mead. It, it, it can get a little kind of tropi- tropical. tropical kind of vibes. Um, I like this one a lot. Thank it's, you. It's more bitter, but. Yeah. And this one grew on me. I know. Yeah. 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 yeah originally, so, so the, the bitterness hits afterwards. Yes. The, at the start, you get the real sweet, like the because uh, you said it's orange, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, orange Sitka. So so or, orange peels and Sitka spruce tips. Yeah. So you get you get sort of it, it's the bitterness. I didn't notice it at the start mm-hmm. at all. It comes in at the end. A few seconds later, you start going down that road a little bit. So yeah. so this is part of kind of what defines each one of those styles. Is each one of those bittering agents? There are different types of bitter um wormwood tends to be a little bit juicier and and hits at the start quinine tends to be a little more drier and astringent and hits at the end uh this one has more more quinine in it so it hits at the end whereas the rosemary grapefruit spritz has more wormwood in it so the bitterness kind of hits it's a little bit ahead and and the grapefruit is also a little bitter that hits ahead i love the label on the uh the rosemary grapewood or grapefruit there the uh the three seagulls yeah, if you should look, pass me that up. I'll show the video here. There, there, there's a book um, called Amaro. Uh, I can't remember the author, um, but there is on the cover of that book is a label from a defunct Amaro brand that has a similar kind of vibe with three three little kind of yellow yellow birds stacked up on top of each other, and we went, "That is amazing!" Amazing. And we are all about seagulls because we're in Esquimalt and seagulls are everywhere. Um, so we kind of uh, riffed off of off of that label. And yeah, it's there's a little there's like a little bit of an Easter egg on the spritz <laughs> oh, yeah. labels that no one has actually <laughs> no one, pointed out to I, us. I can't believe nobody has pointed it out to but us. But I feel like we shouldn't say what it is. And if anyone figures out, no, no, we have. To, we, it, it, this is an exclusive. <laughs> Or well, no. I, what do you what I do you think? I just want we someone have Easter like eggs on all of our labels. No, I just want someone if they figure out what the kind of like oddity is on the label, is message us and we'll give you a free bottle. Yes, yes. <laughs> I like that. Yes, yeah. yes. Like, can you tell me afterwards? We will take yeah, you. Like totally. I won't tell anyone. Yeah, yeah. We'll tell yeah. you afterwards for okay. sure. So that, but that's there's for- something on the label that like we did because we thought it was hilarious and no one's pointed it out. And, there, and there's also another significant Easter egg on the Kina Rouge label, oh, yeah. who I've only ever told one person that was West, um, the, uh, who's... He was at Olo. He was at yeah. Olo, and he was at stage, and now he's Humboldt Barts? Is, is West at Barts? I don't know. Anyways. Don't know. Um, we love West. West yes. is great. <laughs> uh, but there are Easter eggs hidden. Those, and, and I love little things like Easter eggs. Um, it seems like a lot of businesses do have them. But like it's just things they don't come up. 
it's just like a but fun little wink. I feel like it's a way of like communicating our like 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 I know like uh, Jones Barbecue and the Ruby. Like they used to have a little Easter egg in each location. That um, I'll tell you guys after. Okay. But there was there was something like that they that they had that no one yeah. knew about, or, or like the the root cellar where Daisy, um, like their kids have their handprints where the sign is like on Mackenzie there. No, oh, fabulous. They have like it's all the kids' handprints are in the cement. Like that's so cool. Yeah. Or, yeah. Uh, n- nowhere in the middle of the restaurant has a, a little circle, so you can be in the middle of nowhere. That's right. Yeah. Um, somebody needs to take a photo there and I'm sure somebody has like I, selfie, I, I haven't seen one yet. A selfie saying I'm in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. I don't even know where the, where the, is it really visible? I, 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 I haven't actually, actually seen yeah. it. I, I think it was actually your podcast. I heard that on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, Clark, Clark mentioned it. Yeah. I've never actually looked for it. No, yeah. no, we should look for it. And we were there not too long ago either. Yeah. yeah. How was the meal? Oh my God. I think <sighs> that was the best one we've had there. I don't know. It was, really? It was incredible. I, it's I always fi- incredible. Well, yes. I, I find that, that like every time I go to Hanks or nowhere, the food is just like, I don't know if it's because I just haven't gone in a while and I forget how good it is or like, or they somehow do keep elevating just like blows you away though. what they're doing. They give a yeah. shit and they're having fun doing it and yeah. it shows. Yeah. I feel like that's yeah. them like in a nutshell. Yeah. They care, but they're just like doing exactly what they want. Yeah. 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 It's so good. Yeah. They just, they, they care so much while also sort of not caring. Oh yeah. Like they don't about care what, what anyone, anyone thinks. else thinks. Yeah. But they care about what they're doing, and which I think is just the best intersection. A hundred percent. And I love it. Like I just, I mean, Clark, Devin, um, Laura, you know, the whole team um, and Ryland, I mean, this, everyone there, uh, phenomenal. Like yeah, if anyone great. hasn't gone to Hanks or Nowhere, yeah. like you're doing something Please wrong. <laughs> do it and do it yeah. regularly all the time. We, we had a time where we went a bit too much and then our budget said we can't. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I still try and talk Michaela to letting me go. <laughs> yeah. We did like the maze. Um, yeah. I saw you guys do that. Yeah. 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 That oh. one. And then we did one more in December and I was like, okay, we need to pump the brakes on these extra. You guys were at the, uh, the front table, right? Yeah. yeah. On that night? Oh, yeah. And he, he was literally out there, like right out there. Yeah, he was right outside, outside the window. Yeah. Yeah. yeah getting awesome. the, the yeah, tortillas ready. Yeah. Oh, man. That yeah. meal, I feel like I was digesting for like a week. Like, it was like I was six so hours. full. Yeah. That was, that was a hell of an experience. Yeah. And that, I think that one. Were you guys still there? I think you were still there when we left. Probably. Yeah. I think we left near the end. Um, but yeah, it was like six hours. And I mean, like it was, it was a fair chunk of money, but you absolutely, for the experience you got, you can never have that experience ever again or anywhere else. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, but that's every single time you go there. I know. That that's why it's cool. so difficult because I want to go all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I just, yeah, I can't afford it. <laughs> but it, that's the magical thing about when you do go mm-hmm. that if you're open to eating like anything, yeah. yes, you and you have to, you, you have, have to be, be open. Yeah, yeah, you have to be. If you if you do have restrictions, I mean, they they um, they are open to actually making exceptions. Oh, yes. Bec- oh. Because like my girlfriend came with me and she doesn't do seafood. Mm-hmm. Yep. So they they did, and Clark was like, "We're totally happy to do that because it it almost feels to me like." And he didn't say this, but I, but my opinion is like, they're so skilled that when someone does say something, like it gives them an opportunity to almost like, come up with something we can do something. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. yeah because, uh, so, but at the same time, it's a small space with, with limited space, limited team, you know, you've got to be cognizant of that. So they just do what they do and it's awesome. But yeah, exactly. If, if you need to make a little change, they can make a change and they love making changes because they change everything all the time. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> it is, it's a very special place. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, and if you, if you don't know who they are. Special is the right word. It is very special. Go back yeah. and check out 
I think it's episode eight or something mm. of Vic Food Stories. And I did a, a sit down where we had the there guy power washing yeah. outside. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the guy was power washing and, and uh, it was a hell of a time trying to make it sound okay. But <laughs> the conversation's yeah, awesome. Else. And I was yes. like, at that point, I didn't really know them. Um, like I know them much better now. Mm-hmm. So like I was just like super excited because I'm like, oh, well, I'm talking to these guys and they they do such an, a wild job. Yeah. Yeah, we've gone there. Um, my parents, we took them there. It was our first time going two yeah. years ago. And that was our initial experience at Nowhere. And we ordered the pig's head. So they brought it. Oh, well, you got that. We got oh, it. Yeah, yeah, but we had already had a full dinner Because that beforehand. they weren't doing the tasting menus at that point. Like yeah. it was... Or they oh, probably, they were. We just they didn't were. do it. We just didn't do it. We, we ordered. Near, yeah, we had no idea. Yeah, but we also ordered that. And so it's like at the very end, they just drop a pig's head. And it was like <laughs> served with like taco seasonings of like pull you know the pork off and make your own little tacos but we were so full but yeah, you get but, the jowls and yeah. everything but, oh, but that's the style it, it, it's designed to overwhelm to just have this like intense hospitality experience where you feel yeah. so taken care of and then it's like oh just one more thing and it is just the most epic thing yeah. so my my yeah. one more thing there is that we were at a meal and i forget which one it was but we were there and we ate like the, we did the tasting thing so yeah. we're like you get a lot of food when you go to this was at nowhere Oh, the value per dollar is ridiculous. Like it, it, it's well, if you break it down, it's like the, the cost per dish is is insane. Yeah. It's so it's because really with food, I find you just need a little bit. Like mm-hmm. if you have a big, big dish, really the the first couple of bites is where you get the most impact. Yeah, and then after that, you just kind of acclimate. Um, but we were there, and and Clark walked by us, and he's like, "You guys still hungry?" And like we're all like we're <laughs> Don't all full. Say yes, <laughs> we're, we're all we're all full. It's like oh no problem. And then, and then he came back and this is after they had got, uh, one of the Wagyu cows. Yeah. yeah. So he dropped a full rack of ribs on the table <laughs> and he's like, this is going to be my dinner, but like a full beef rib, like, yeah, the full, like it was, was massive. massive. <laughs> it was massive. So, and like, they only had like one or two cows. Mm-hmm. So they didn't, they barely had any of these things. And, and so he just drops it on the table. He walked away and he's like, this is going to be my dinner, but here you go. Yeah. And he's yeah. like, that's, here you go, that's guys. That's how they roll. They're, they're fabulous. And and like it was, I mean, the best ribs I've ever had. Yeah. Like not even, it's, it was re- ridiculous. Yeah. Um, But it's just, it's sort of what they do. And that's why it's special. Oh, totally. Well, that's my parents finally, Um, I'm from Calgary originally. And so my parents haven't been here in a number of years now. So they finally were able to come out last month and... And that was like top of the list. It was like, we want to go back to nowhere. So That's we, awesome. Yeah. And so we went, but it again, it's just like, it's dinner and a show. Like yeah. the way that they're just doing tasting menu now, I think is so smart for them. Like it's just dialed in. It's always going to be different. And it's just and, this and, like And experience. they know if they're full, like, you know, yeah. this is, I mean, from a business perspective, this is the revenue they will generate. They know they're covering their costs and they know they're going to be, you know, despite all the craziness going around by doing a tasting menu. They've really been able, I think, to hone in on what they're putting out there and, and also what's coming in to keep them alive. And it's just... This is very quickly just turning into a Nowhere fan podcast. Well, I'm a fanboy. <laughs> I, I, I am 100%. That's so good. <laughs> I feel like, well, so because I listen to your podcast, I know that you always, usually ask at the end of like, where's your favorite place to go or like what's the spot in the city and so many people say nowhere and i'm like okay we can't say that this time yes, we can well but we're just yeah it's interesting that when it i talk the to them <laughs> like, they do say that the, the, the customer base yeah there's not much overlap like people like one or the other mm-hmm. which i find interesting i can see oh, it between hanks yeah. and nowhere yeah oh, there's yeah, not yeah. much overlap like people like one or the other see, in general see, we've it, only gone to hanks once yeah but but, yeah. but that's because it was a bit of 
the, the whole Hank's Nowhere was a bit of a pandemic experience. We went once with your parents to Nowhere first, mm-hmm. and then the pandemic hit. So then Hank's was only takeout. We got a bunch of tanks. Oh, yeah. We did a bunch yeah. of takeout there. That's but then true. we could only go to Nowhere, so that's all we went. And now yeah. we're just on that side. And we, I think, yeah, we went to Hank's once. Yeah, we went once for like a sit-down dinner. Tasting still. Yeah. But but we're, we're kind of over on the Nowhere side. Yeah. Maybe we'll switch. I don't know. I like, I like the feel, too, what they the way they have it set up now with the walls. So yeah. it's kind of like you're in your own private restaurant. Oh, yeah, exactly. I love it. And then and then Hank's, like, there's just such a feel of, like, it's this tiny-ass room mm-hmm. where I got to say that the when you walk into the front door, on the right, there's a little two-seat yeah, um, table. Yeah, just, like, nooked in it's, there. It's, 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 I think that that, I mean, for me, sitting at the bar and talking to, you know, Clark and that, and Ryland, like, that's... That's the best. Mm-hmm. But that little table in the corner there is like the best table. If you just want to sit at a table, two people and have like an amazing meal and talk, like the best, best table in the best city. Date night. Yeah, I was yeah, just going to say in the whole city. <laughs> whole city. And now to continue on the, the newer Hank's train. Uh, <laughs> and after something completely different. Um, it is also so, so refreshing to go into a place and, and to talk to people and read a menu that is so unrelentingly local and, and, and they don't. Yeah, they crush it. Yeah. So they hard. just care so much about what's being produced on this island. And I don't feel enough places are doing that. And they're really, 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 really showcasing what, what the island has to offer. And that is, it's so awesome. And all I want to do is support people that are doing things like that because the island is making so much good stuff and not enough people know about it. 100%. Yeah. I'd much rather have less experiences doing something, save up for a good experience mm-hmm. than to go and just have a whole bunch of generic yeah. whatever, right? Yeah. I want things that are going to stick with me that are memorable. Totally. And so like that that one dinner that we had there, the – um. Yeah, the mice. Israel, yeah. yeah. Like I was, I, I like I look after my dad. Like I'm his caretaker, basically. Mm-hmm. So I've been really careful because I don't want to take anything to him, right, and get yeah. him sick. But like that was the first dinner that I I had uh, had out because it was a group of I think four of us. That was the first dinner I'd had out in like months at that yeah. point because mm-hmm. this is October last year or something, November. Which which for Vic food guys, that's a big deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was. It's been an interesting time, <laughs> but like to go to that meal then and, and have that be the meal where you're sort of reintroduced to eating out and, and being in sort of a group of a couple people or four mm-hmm. people. Um, yeah, it was, it was prolific. So yeah. it's cool that you guys got to go to that. Yeah. Cause yep. not many people did. Yeah. But that's, that's one thing. Look out for their uh, feature dinners they have. Cause they have some more coming up at the end of the year here. After that meal, I strategically, and I don't think I've taken advantage of it yet, but set up notifications on my phone. So every <laughs> single time they post something, I get a notification. Oh no. What was the Mine's last been like that, that for did. a long time. Yeah. Was yeah. it the Hot one in tip, October? Do that if you want to get on the, on the good did events. You go, there, was there a dinner in October? Probably. I, I think so. Like you tried to convince me to go to There that. was something recently. I, and again, I haven't been on Instagram that much, yeah. but um, yeah, that's not a bad idea to to There's have notifications can, on, which I've done. I, I actually like, did that for them. Yeah, because because they do really special, yeah. awesome things, and they go in in, in a heartbeat. Yeah, I feel like yeah. they had a couple lot like a last minute table, and you were like, "Should I do this?" <laughs> and then we hesitated, and the table was gone. Yeah, that's what happens. You can't hesitate. Yeah, no, you just yeah. gotta like full you, on go. You really for can't it. hesitate in any of the special dinners that come up. Like that's gonna be it's gonna be a one time thing. Yeah. yeah. And then you go another day and it's just going to be something completely different. You go and get a like, pig's head, like you said. Yeah. Like with, because they don't, although that was at nowhere. I know at Hank's, if they bring it to you, I think they just kind of leave it just, the crispy bits are all over the place and it's just kind of like, here's a tray with a head on it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and they just leave it up to you, yeah. which I love. That's, Again, yeah, that's fully what it was at nowhere too. Yeah. 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 It's so cool. Um, 
So instead of asking at the end, then let's continue this. <laughs> so like what, what other places are you guys eating at if you're going out? Well, it's it's changed a lot yeah. in the last year. We we were like We've kind of done like a one eighty as yeah, far as yeah. We were eating out just constantly, 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 constantly for for, for all of twenty twenty. Um, when it was safe, like we were. I yeah, feel yeah, like we yeah. Um, and frankly, we, this twenty twenty one I think is for us personally and for the business has been defined by a bit of a financial awakening of um, doing things like you know not like. Focusing and, and really just trying to get our our finances not buying more baking steels. Well, I, I mean, I mean, for instance, in a for instance, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's only 120 of them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, don't get them started. <laughs> what was the original order? 500. It's going to be more. <laughs> oh, I had so many different things planned, and, and, and I, I still kind of want to do it because I mean, Bronte and, and and her business is just she does such fantastic work, and because and, that and, one like it's selling out. So oh, yeah, and I want to support it, but it just we're not the right business to take that on. Um, and Focus. yes, exactly. And, and we're doing the same thing. On, How often do you do that? Signal. <laughs> In this relationship, like, do you, do you, how often is that? Oh, many times. Yes, yes. A day. Yes. Um, Sometimes hourly. Yes. <laughs> we're, and we're doing the same thing personally, really trying to rein in our, our finances, which ultimately means we needed to rein in how often we were going out. So we were, we're cooking a lot more at home now, mm-hmm. um, which has also been super fun and exciting. I, say, I feel like we have less restaurant recommendations from this year directly like we have like a list of like amazing restaurants that we love nowhere hanks no (laughs) (laughs) wayne cars mary's yeah amazing but we've more of like worked or not worked with but like supported local suppliers yes that's that's been the biggest yeah like we signed up for a csa box for the first time this year um which is community supported agriculture and who's that through we got it through square root farm and we just ordered it online um through local line. Um, and we got it for, I think it was 16 weeks over the summer. And then we also signed up for their fall box. And basically it's like, it's like you just get a, a box of vegetables that you, we went and but like mind blowing volume of vegetables and all so tasty. Oh, so good. And things we wouldn't have cooked with. Like we ate so many more vegetables than we ever have before. So we did that. And we like, I mean the house guys, like we, got so much of their stuff um yeah uh, you're yeah, right shout out the shane and kyle Ugh, yeah you're right them. though I, I would say the last year has been more defined by specific suppliers yeah. that do very specific things mm-hmm. like working, work, working culture, culture? Oh. Yeah. have you have you talked to them no so like oh okay God, so before oh last it's october perfection. before last october when everything that those new restrictions yeah. came in place yeah. and i'm like i don't want to oh, do yeah, this online they were on your list right yeah so yeah. It, was, it was i was supposed to talk to you guys mm-hmm. and talk to them the same week and that's the week when everything shut down. Yeah. <laughs> so that's when everything ended. And I, I haven't gotten back in touch yet with them, but I will be talking they're, with they're them. They're another one of those businesses that just, you can tell they care so, 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 so much. Yeah. Every single loaf of bread is perfectly caramelized on the outside. Oh, it's cinnamon per- buns. It's the best cinnamon, bu- cinnamon bun oh, I've ever had. Ha- oh, hands down. But it's oh. all so consistently good. It's not just like, oh, I went there once and yeah. then the next time I was like, eh. It's every single yeah, it's time. It's- like that cinnamon bun, like when you when I took it in my hands yep. and I literally <laughs> moved them like this yep. and it was actually tearing. Yeah. Like it was so, so- The te- chocolate chip cookies, best chocolate chip cookies I've ever had in my life. But you can tell every single detail of that cookie- it's where it's soft in the middle, where it's caramelized, where the it's they've thought of every single 
possible permutation of that cookie or that loaf of bread or whatever. And <laughs> this is just the Quinn and Michaela like fan show. <laughs> it's so good. Go, we go to working culture as well. Local. Yeah. Local's great, but like these guys, they're really good. Yeah, but I can't yeah, wait to talk to them because I, I like uh, I, I basically so haven't nice. at all. They're so yeah, I don't know them at all. Yeah, they're amazing. So I think that'll be a cool episode. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I know like Dan at Forty Nine Below, he's good friends with them. Yeah, and he said the same thing. Yeah, yeah. they're legit. They're lovely and they care. Yeah. What more? What more do you want? Yeah. Yeah. What's your favorite bread there? And, and have you tried their pizza? Because they just started doing pizza. No, we didn't. We, do we it. had the flatbreads. We've had the flatbreads. Oh, the, they do like the um, lunchtime flatbreads, but, but they were doing we, we always, pizza we always get their week. city loaf, which is kind of the just classic, standard, straight up classic. Yeah. And I, I can't eat other. I can't go to the grocery store yet. I, I hate grocery stores now, especially after this year. After getting awesome vegetables, and awesome bread and awesome this. I see why grocery stores work because and they have to convenience sells every single time, no matter what you're in convenience sells across the board and grocery stores work because they make getting your meat, your bread, your coffee, your this, your that convenient. The quality is shit, but <laughs> well, not necessarily uh, pretty the, much all the, the time. Yeah, yeah. But if you, uh, this last year, it's like going to, Mile Zero, going to Working Culture, going to House, going to all of those. Oh, yeah. Shout out Brad at Mile Zero. Yes. Yeah, Mile Zero. So that's the first time, like, when he was at Divine and I tried their vermouth at, at the little yeah. um, mm-hmm. thing when he was, like, sort of the, the guy that was at the markets doing that stuff. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, okay, the first time you tried it, it's going to hit this part of yeah, your palate. Yeah, he did, like, the multi he's so, like, he's uh, and, then, so and then the good. next part is going to yeah. hit over here and yeah. the third one here. And, and like, um, that was my first time meeting Brad. Yeah. And then, you he's know, he, they start Mile Zero and fuck it's so good yeah like it's like i I, I literally bought a coffee machine (laughs) just so i could buy his coffee well it's just the fact that you can go in there and get your own custom roast yeah like how is that even possible um yeah so like we literally like we changed from like i I mean a year after the pandemic started basically like it was really 2021 where we started doing so much 2020 was defined by going out to Tons of restaurants. Twenty twenty one. I feel like we're supporting local, but like supporting local restaurants in twenty twenty. Yes. But twenty twenty one was yeah. We exclusively drink coffee at home now. We only buy working culture bread. <laughs> we or and um, croissants from fries. fries. The croissants oh are my ridiculous. God. What about their pizza? Byron's their pizza is so yes. good too. Yes, also we also, been in also forever. Good. Yeah, I've been in there in years fries. to have it, but like yeah, the yeah. Legit. I feel like that's Fries's one legit. of the most hidden gem secret things in the city well, it's like yeah. four hours on a sunday and that's the only time you can get it yeah until they went out of dough yeah. but all their pastries they're so crispy and buttery and like oh my god they're insane but, but this, this is what we were talking about the yeah. island and and also why i like nowhere so much is because the island has so much stuff going on that exactly everything is a hidden gem no no you know everyone's just getting their shit at, at save on foods and don't realize what's going on like three like, doors down. Yeah, like, do you ever go up to West Home to the tea tea farm? I oh, I have I haven't yet. I, I we we met him at um at the Duncan Farmers Market. I had a, a really really good chat. I that's that's on my list. I'll, it's yeah. such a cool little place. Like you go on like, this little this little windy road thing, yeah. and you come to this little building, and it's got like the best tea ever inside. Yeah, and they're just they're just harvesting all this tea, and like they're crushing. Yeah, they're crushing. But all the stuff they have in that little building, it's just it's such a cool spot to go out to. Yeah. But they they do an amazing job. Yeah. Well, and I love businesses that focus in on one thing and like know what they do well and just like execute that. Like in, we were in, talking. Invinity. Yeah. Yeah. Invinity. Um, I was actually gonna for some reason earlier to, in this when we're chatting. Yeah. They popped up in my head because they had me at their spot like a couple years ago. 
uh, it was a day that they were crushing grapes. Oh, cool. They had some people from France here, I think. Yeah. And they, they were, they had two different, uh, I don't know what the machines are called. I can see one over there. Um, oh, the like yeah, press. press. Yeah. yeah, the press. And they had like the first oh, one. they were actually using one of the whole on like wooden ratchet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, so they were pressing yeah, those it. things are the worst. And then, and then it, <laughs> and then it's so labor. It's so tiring. Well, that's why they hired these guys, I think. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. They, they, they got the juice I or whatever. Do that tomorrow. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I, don't, I don't envy you. You don't want it. So no, but they like they juice the first one, yeah. then they put it through into the second one. Yeah. yeah. So they, they do it twice. But they, they invited me out so I could see. Oh, you don't even. Oh, you don't even know half the labor they go through. It's insane. Their so their sparkling wines are very kind of traditional champagne style, where you know you 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 make a wine, you make a still white wine, and then in and you bottle it still, and then in each bottle they put a, a little bit of sugar and a little bit of yeast, and that yeast will eat the sugar and produce carbon dioxide, which will carbonate it in the bottle but then they got that little collection of stuff yeah then you have le- the yeast in your bottle which so people, like people are like and there's down. yeast in there i want to see a clear drink so so they put it upside down for a while and the yeast collects they and, ha- yeah they have that holder thing yeah it mm-hmm. holds all the bottles yeah, upside like that. down exactly yeah. um and it collects in the neck but that means every single one of those bottles they have to pop off that's right the top the yeast shoots out because it's under pressure and then they got to seal it yeah. really really quick and then they have to Recap, uh, it. recap it so every they've like bottled like it's wild it's an insane it's so amount crazy. of labor he did one of them when i was there yeah. he showed me he, he did it the thing shot off yeah. that little bit shot out and they have to do that thousands and thousands and thousands of times I, over i almost had a uh, it wasn't actually a panic a panic attack i i mean i have had those in the past but there was some anxiety raised when i was in their house yeah or, or in their place there realizing that they have all these bottles laying on top of each other. And if there's an earthquake, like this is not going to be good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it, it like gave me anxiety when I saw this and I was like, oh my yeah. God. But like they're, they, so they showed me the whole way they were doing stuff. And it was so cool to see yeah. like the procedure and just. But, but, but that's but it, just it. They're so focused in like I, they were at out of hand um, Christmas show a couple, two weeks ago, I guess. And we were there too with both brands. Um, oh, and got to chat with both of them. And it's just lovely humans, but. 100%. Also, um, but both of us were kind of saying how we admired each other, uh, for focusing in on that one thing and doing it really, really well. Like they're just doing sparkling. They're like crushing, like, but you, you know, if a producer only does this one one thing, thing, it's going to be incredible has gone so far down that rabbit hole. You will get good value for your for your money because they care so much. Like of we course. like we like bitter things. That's always going to kind of be our jam. Is like kind of interesting, weird, but bitter drinks. Um, we're not going to make anything that's going to come off and be like super sweet. Um, and they're not going to make anything that's not sparkling. And it's just like so neat to just like really dive into that one area. You kind of like say, you like chose a lane and you're just going down it. Yeah, exactly. Like further and because further. And become but the there's authority so on that. so much available in that lane that unless you go down that rabbit hole, I feel you don't you don't get to learn about. You don't get to learn about kakinas and and, and Uh, I don't know. They disappeared. (laughs) Nonetheless, going down those lanes, it produces an understanding, I think, of that category and opens up a a greater level of creativity, I think. That's what I was just going to say. Yeah, yeah. because you can 
go, oh, oh, this Kina, this this vermouth, this, this this Americano. Each one of those has an even deeper set of layers that you can dive in. I think ultimately you end up making a better better product. But yeah. I feel like it helps you understand the limitations too. Yes, is you you can kind of if you're getting to know something super super well, you're like you can know immediately whether two flavors are going to blend mm. well together or from like a botanical perspective, whether those are going to cancel each other out or one's just going to completely overpower absolutely everything. Well, um, well, I, th- I think a good example of that is our rosemary grapefruit spritz. When I was doing the R&D for it, I think I just put in quinine in it, which was quite astringent and dry. And then... No, I think it was the other way around. Yeah, or, or or just wormwood or whatever, um, and then gave you a sample, and you kind of had the same reaction. And then I made another sample, and the only difference was added a little bit of quinine in it, which you would think is like okay, so you're just taking one bitter thing and adding another bitter thing, but the two of those combined just completely changed the drink and made it quite crushable. Crushable, and that's <laughs> and, and that's kind of our like benchmark for for our drinks is. How crushable is it? No, no, on, a scale, on, the, no, <laughs> on a scale from zero to crushable, <laughs> yeah. where is it? No, where that's not crushable, but would you be well, happy? Would the you spritz. be happy? Yeah, especially yeah. for the spritz, but even the vermouth. Would you be happy to drink an entire bottle? And if the answer is no, we should not make that product. Yeah. Everything I've tried, like these two and then the other three, easily drink a whole bottle. Amazing. And, and to be honest, that, that's exactly what we do is, is we come up with a recipe and if we go, yeah, this is pretty good. We make a full 750 mil bottle, and if we're not willing to drink the whole thing, we need to go back to the drawing board. But it was crazy with the rosemary grapefruit of just, like, what that tiny tweak. Like, we had done a couple different, like, kind of iterations of it. It was not 100% right, and then it was literally just changing that bitterness, like the one ingredient, and it just completely changed how the drink And just made it work. Yeah. Yeah, it just balanced it out. So is it, like, with with your stuff, are you you still constantly tweaking, or do you... you do you actually like finite like stop at a certain point with things? Um, I guess you kind of have to. Like, that's a complicated question to some degree. <laughs> um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Be, do you want to go down the regulatory wormhole? Okay. Yeah. Well, <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, geez, <laughs> oh, I guess. That's a whole, whole thing. So, so th- th- there was there was a situation with some with those gift sets that I had mentioned. That's, where, that, that, that's the start of it. Okay. So maybe we could we could chat we could talk about this if you want. Yes. Yes. So what what was the story? Because I remember there's, there was there's a, layers. So when the gift sets came out, mm-hmm. it was a gift set of the three that they made through uh, Squamalt Wine originally, mm-hmm. like the original three. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Little bottles, samples, yeah. beautiful gift. Yeah. Like, and it was amazing value, just a fantastic little set of three that the packaging was great. You know, the small bottles crushed it. Thank you. But you would think that this is a really, really good idea because it's Christmas time or getting to be that time. Yeah. Great gift to give to people. Put in this little package, looks perfect. But then, when it comes to actually executing, get it out there, I remember there being a bearing a, a being a, well, a pretty we had detailed two, post. Two yeah. separate buried entries on that product, and they were about six months apart. One of them resulted in us having to smash every single bottle that we had in stock. Um, and how many bottles was that? Many. Lo- did you cry like the whole time? Six. No. no it was, we it was either days. six or nine thousand. What? Of them that I had to by hand smash and and destroy every single one. Nine thousand bottles. Yes. Holy fuck. Yes. In the middle of a fucking <laughs> pandemic. Um, so, so, we'll but, get to that. Yeah, oh we'll get God, to that. Oh, that, that no. That's midway through okay, this whole process. Let's go back like, to the start. Then. Yeah, that, that's Which July actually, the process ended yesterday. yesterday. 
Um, oh. We have a resolution. Yes. But, okay. Oh my God. Oh, okay. Congratulations. But one year Everyone, ago. I would have brought you. you like a cake or something <laughs> to <you>. celebrate. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll, I'll try and not get too, too yeah, detailed into like this. The, the, the brief synopsis. Baseline. Um, so almost one year ago, we in November came out with our gift sets. And there is an immense amount of liquor regulations that isn't it's buried in like you get a document that's 120 pages and you have to find the one sentence on this one page blah 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 there's no good user interface to find what applies to our business and so is that up to every producer to look through this thing and try and you have to dissect every word you have to know oh good god you have to know everything um one of the things i didn't find out because and there's no one to ask. Like, if you have a question, I didn't know I had to ask. To be honest, okay. So, so in this scenario, we had made uh, in years previous gift sets for for Rootside, and we did them in 150 ml bottles. So when we started making the Esquamo products, we went great. Let's do gift sets and let's use the same bottles because we our equipment works with it. Great. Um, so we bottled our aperitifs. Two out, of, two out of the three products. Yes. Yeah. At the yeah. time, two out of three into 150 mil bottles. And when but I- two, So just to give you a sense of the scale, so each product that we were bottling, we did 252 cases. So 12, 12. bottles times 252, which I don't know what that and the, is. And they're little tiny good. bottles that like, it's an immense so amount of labor for those little bottles. Um, so it's three over 3,000 bottles. Yeah. All filled and labeled by hand and bought. So we've done over 6,000 yeah. by that point. Um, and when we went, because every liquor product needs to be registered with the, with, with the liquor board. So when we went to register them, they went 150 mil is not an approved size. You can only bottle in 50 mil, 100 mil, 200 mil, mm. 250. But for whatever reason, you cannot do 150 mil. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's a federal regulation, not a provincial one. But- the federal regulation says that only applies to interprovincial trade or international or international yeah. which means you cannot sell that package size out of province but but the liquor board said no th- that's not how they interpreted you just cannot make that so what we actually ended up having to do was to get the uh i think it was the assistant director or the director of the canadian food, um, inspection, food inspection agency to write the liquor board a letter saying that yes our interpretation is correct it only applies to interprovincial trade so long as we only sell it within bc we can bottle in any size that we want okay so, yeah great hurdle passed but that was like two weeks like delayed us getting the like sleeves for the gift boxes printed oh yeah yeah exactly because we were dealing with all sorts of supplier like we thing. yeah told them to pause it obviously because we didn't know whether we were going to be able to use them and yeah so anyway we were able to bottle them which was great yeah that that, that was a whole a whole shebang great christmas went awesome um and then it's basically just a so the next regulatory hurdle is so i'm i kind of have to get into the weeds a little bit yeah here. go for it there are two send it (laughs) (laughs) there are two types of winery licenses you can get in bc it's the same thing with with distilleries um it you can get a commercial license or a land-based winery license or in distilling it's it's a craft license commercial license means we can buy wine from anywhere in the world um and there's not really many restrictions but the caveat is the liquor board will take a markup. And for, for us, that worked out to about 35% of our revenue. 
or eight dollars and fifty cents per bottle sold. So every single bottle we sell to date, we've had to give eight dollars and fifty cents to the liquor board for I don't know what, even sample bottles. So when we sample somebody, we still have to pay the LDB. Yeah. There. So any any giveaways yeah. or anything. Yeah. We're still. Um, that's that's crazy. And that's even though money for like it. yeah okay we could have bought wine from anywhere in the world but we decided you know it's important to us to to buy from the island so so we we got wine from from Ventura Schultz uh, in the Couch and Valley um, sorry drinking carbonated there's stuff Ventura Schultz and again I found out about it through Hanks oh yeah oh my oh, god yeah. oh my yes. god yeah so actually the Venturi Schultz dinner that happened there like three months oh, ago that, that was the one I wanted to go yeah, to I was there <laughs> so 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 Yan that owns Bon Macaron yeah, yeah. Him and him and his wife were sitting right beside me and Natalie. Mm-hmm. So like I just had an amazing time because like they're awesome. Yeah. The food's awesome. You know, Venturi Schultz. Uh, That's she the was there. We were trying oh, to go God. to. Oh, okay. Yeah. okay, I won't. I won't go into it. I'm sorry you also, weren't there. Also, fan, fanboy Venturi Schultz. Everything. A million Drink percent. A million vinegar? percent. I haven't tried the vinegar. vinegar. Oh, oh okay. no. Go, I have to go for my God. dad then. No, no. <gasps> go buy a bottle of balsamic vinegar from the grocery store and go buy one of theirs and just do a side by side. That's. A, it will change your life forever. Or if you go into the their little tasting room, yes. Marilyn will sometimes give you a sample of yeah. the good stuff. Yeah, it's see, I like, want to sit down with her too. But oh, you need to do a podcast. You need to do this that side by side though, comparing the generic stuff to to theirs yeah, to really understand what their effort, like the care that goes into oh, it. It's, Again. it's ridiculous. Okay, regulations. <laughs> the tornado zone back in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, so, <laughs> so the tornado can keep on track because he's so fired up about oh, this one God. thing, though. <laughs> um, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> so we we've been operating under a, a commercial license, and despite us sourcing 100 percent of our wine from the island, we still had to pay. You know, whereas on, on a, the distillery side, all you have to do is source from the island, and that's fine. You can have your craft license, but f- but for wineries, it doesn't matter where you source it from. Um, if if you're a commercial license, you have to you have to pay the LDB their cut. Um, the other license is a land based license, which means uh, the only way to get that is you have to farm two and a half acres of that fermentable sugar source. So in the case of wine, it's grapes or cider, it's it's apples. That's the only way you can get that is if you own or lease land, which is ridiculously expensive. Um, well, it's going to be hard for you guys. There is a loophole. I okay. would call it a loophole, but for for mead and for honey, you don't – because hives aren't bound to the land because they're – the apiary beekeeping industry, you you basically move hives to different fields that needs to be pollinated. Mm-hmm. Um, so we are now leasing 55 beehives that pollinate various different fields in, in BC in order for us to meet these requirements. But the benefit of getting land-based is we get to keep that $8.50 and, and per bottle. Oh, which, it's huge. Oh, it's game-changing. Yeah, it's Honestly – Esquimalt under a commercial winery license is not a viable business. The only thing that has made it viable is Rootside because we're basically taking the money we make from Rootside and funding Esquimalt because the liquor board is taking so much. Like to, to have a commercial winery license or a commercial distillery license, like you need to be doing volume. Yeah. Which for And that's why it's called commercial because yeah. it's to make the margins work. Yeah, exactly. You have to be doing a ridiculous it's for like volume. the nude vodka sodas and like 
just, a lot of beer and you know you're it, just pushing volume insane volume yeah. which we're not we're, we're not doing that and because and it, it, it sucks because like this is stifling innovation oh 100%. because like small batch stuff i find in general is where the real like yeah. real like like things are being tested and new ideas are coming yeah so at that small scale the, yeah the business model is fundamentally yeah. doesn't work yeah the only way it does is if you get land-based but to do that the barrier barrier to entry is huge because you have to own or at least two and a half acres in yeah, BC. And small businesses, you don't. You I mean, who has that, that money? Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. So we've, you know, over the last few years, been able to kind of save up and squirrel away and 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 figure out our our financials to allow us to lease fifty five beehives and also commit to using a hundred percent BC honey. But where this gets complicated is. We can now only ferment honey. We're not allowed to ferment grapes. We're, if we wanted to, say, ferment grapes or apples or blackberries, we would have to farm two and a half acres of that fruit. Okay. Um, so part of the issues that we had is, is – so we've been, in, we've been compliant for a land-based license since July. Mm-hmm. But just going through the auditing process – of them kind of picking apart every little thing that we do, we ran into just some silly hurdles. Um, like our, our spritz, for example, they had determined or, or assumed it. One of the requirements is that it is made using traditional wine, cider, or sake making techniques. And because this was a carbonated mead and the regulations weren't built for mead, they just assumed it wasn't traditional. Um, what does so, that mean? Traditional? Yeah, exactly. yeah. Exactly. I, isn't, isn't that? It's interesting that sometimes when things are there's a there's something like a, a rule set. Yeah. But then even if you want to go and ask, so what does that mean? There's no definition. And there's no answer. they couldn't answer it. That's what I mean. Yeah, because the regulations were set up for grape wineries. Me, they didn't even. They had no idea what that even was. So like I, they put it almost as like an afterthought of like, yeah. oh, we should include mead because you can ferment honey yeah. but like because it because it produces an alcoholic drink yeah so we're just going to shove it in that thing but over there i don't think anyone knew what that was so, so so we've been kind of they didn't really know how to handle us so we've just been thrown through the ringer in, in every step of the way and what happened with the spritz they said we couldn't produce it anymore but it turned out it was just because we called it an aperitif wine and on that we now on the back in this little tiny spot it says aperitif wine because it meets the federal definition of aperitif wine. Um, now we've changed that to mead and now we can make it. It actually had nothing to do with traditional, but that's what they told us. But like Quinn sent them like literal So you said to change printouts. your word. Yeah. Yeah. But Quinn had sent them literal printouts from- Recipes a- from the 12th century yeah. being like this, literally the recipes we're using predate the Confederation of Canada by 200 years. Like this and is you're the telling me this following. isn't traditional? <laughs> Are you kidding? So that was one issue. And then with the, the gift sets, one of the problems we ran into is now we can only ferment honey. But previously, all of our vermouth, the base wine was a blend of Venturi Schultz, white wine, and mead. So, hmm. so it was, you know, roughly, not, not quite, but roughly 50-50 wine and mead. Because you still, with a commercial license, you still have to ferment a certain yes. portion of it on site. Yeah. Uh, there's a limit. You have to do four four and a half thousand liters of wine that you actually ferment. Okay. Um, so we did mead because we felt like that was more well, approachable well, for us it, to do. Yeah. It, <laughs> from lower not barrier a, to entry. Yeah. yeah. From... Uh, not winemaking background. Yeah. And then we use Venturi Schultz because we love them. And 
have a, an amazing product. So. And, and, and the Kina Rouge is is no longer. We, we cannot. We're not allowed to produce that product anymore. Oh, really? Because yeah. it has red wine in it. It, it was Vancouver yeah. Island red wine. Um, oh no! And that was the the blueberry one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, that was so good. Because that had red wine, we're no longer allowed to produce or sell anything that has grapes fermented. That's the one I have the least of left. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I saw there was one bottle at Tudor House like last yeah. week. Um, so, so that's why we had to destroy all of those gift sets because when we had made them, the batches were still, the, the, the base wine was a blend of Interior Schultz wine and, uh, and our own mead and, our own mead and be, we couldn't, we couldn't sell it anymore. So we had to destroy it all. And actually that was six months ago. We've been able to sell it for the last six months, but they wouldn't even review our application until it was all gone. Yeah. So so we couldn't so, even which start was the killer. So we had all this product, like I can't, I don't know how many bottles we destroyed, but yeah. like in the thousands. And these were all ones you'd already labeled and all oh, that yeah, stuff. Oh yeah, no, they were like packaged, ready to, ready to go. They were, a lot of them were in gift sets already. Yeah. So we had to tear the gift sets open and do that. But instead like of the saying. Gift sets are, yeah, the gift sets were perfect. made with three slots. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Not two. Yeah. yeah. There's three. Oh, no, but no, but he, he, the, the Kina and all the vermouth in there. The all had to be destroyed. All of it. Yeah, oh, I see. Oh, yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. Because because that original blend was wine and mead, and now we've since tradition transitioned to a hundred percent mead based. I see. Um, okay. But but instead of like letting us keep those gift sets, which would have been fabulous to sell, and we could over have still this, been like, selling how, over the last six months. Like that happened end of July, where we destroyed everything. But like we could have had four months of still selling, and they could have been like, okay, we're going to do the conversion. And then when we tell you the date, you then have to destroy any remaining stock or whatever. We like have to that. destroy it before like, they even review the application. Make that would make sense. sense. Yeah. Yeah. But no, they just. Because <sighs> you're kind of in a position then where you, you, you have to keep going. Yeah. Yeah. Like but, the option would be to just. So, oh. so you could have said, no, we're going to sell these. Then they're like, fine, then we'll just wait then. Exactly. Yeah. And then you guys would have got a whole bunch of time where you would have been screwed. Yeah. 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 Where we yeah. literally wouldn't have had anything to sell because it takes right. it takes four months for us to, to make our vermouth that's right so you would have had a whole this whole gap in time yeah, yeah. like honestly if we didn't have roots, that's heartbreaking yeah if if we didn't have root side and the non-alcoholic side of things propping everything up mm-hmm. this this whole thing would have caved and we've strategically because of this we thought we'd get that license changed quickly <laughs> but it's been almost an entire year for it to be approved. And as a result, we haven't really come out with any new products because anything we come out wouldn't be viable. So so we've been putting the brakes on that whole side of the business, which is everyone likes alcohol. So it's the one that people are excited yeah. about. L- l- like it's- well, especially too when, I mean, you guys are going down and winning awards. So can we can we talk about that? Oh, yeah, yeah, the Kino won a double gold and, oh, the, yeah. and then a week later we destroyed all of our stock. <laughs> That's so fucked. Yeah, it was uh... <laughs> using a hundred percent local BC ingredients yeah, that was the in the middle that, of a yeah, pandemic yeah. and the government is telling us we have to destroy it because it's local. Okay. And we're I know, we're like, leaving uh, all the negatives so, behind. But it's just the fact <laughs> but, you guys had to do that. And it was like, yeah, <laughs> oh, no, yeah, yeah. I, I but, don't even really, comp- I don't. Yesterday we finally got the email that said, as of Monday, that as as of as of this Monday, we will officially be a land-based winery, um, which means that whole side of the business is now. So it, there's going to be very many yeah, newest Bible products. It's in now the new viable, year. which means we can actually start making yeah. new products now, because um, we've been kind of pumping 
really stagnating that side of the yeah. business. Um, yeah. and, and now we can kind of go, go full tilt. Have you been able to like, like come up with new stuff in the meantime that you just like haven't oh, been able to produce? Oh, oh yeah. We've got a, yeah, whole, a couple of recipes banked already. And a whole recipes, what, labels, the whole, is prepping stuff. Is, we've had yeah. stuff just sitting there for six months. Oh, wow. That we can't do anything with. Do you, do you think that, that what would be the, the, the bright side of this? Well, like what, so like there, there is that pause. If it happened six months ago, <laughs> like, like if, it, if, if it happened six months ago versus now, what are the differences? Like what, what's a positive is, are there any positives of that delay? Cause sometimes like when bad things come up, it can lead to positive things or is there like nothing? It's probably cost us a hundred grand. Oh my God. And for a business of two people, that is game change. Like, of course. Yeah, just and in this case, it's loss. not game changing. It's devastating. Yeah, yeah. I don't even know how you survive that. So you're, you're. It's incredible well, it's that you're able to. Basically, because we have the two, like we have of Rootside kind of yeah. doing everything. But it, but, but. It, and and it, it's incredible that that Rootside is able to sort of allow for this innovation. Um, because like with these awards that you guys won, can you? So what were the awards? It was down in San Francisco. So, yeah, so it's the San Francisco World Spirit Awards. Yeah. Um, so we submitted. In 2020, we just had the Rosso. We hadn't even released the dry vermouth yet. So we sent down, and that's like, oh man, sending samples to the US of alcohol is complicated. <laughs> Holy moly. Um, so finally got that all sorted out, but we won a gold for the first year. So our like 2020, like yeah, a, the, the, 2020, the, the first iteration of, yeah. of our recipe that was the blend of Ventura Schultz and, and our meat. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you send that thing down there yeah. and what were your, what were you expecting when you uh, sent it down? You just kind of wanted to do it and see I what mean, happens? We thought it tasted really good, but <laughs> it was kind of that, like, I don't know, we're sending our little baby off into the world. Um, I, I, I think I honestly did it more for the tasting notes. Cause it's interesting to have third parties give tasting notes. Back, yeah. 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 Okay. Um, and then, yeah, that was like, and we got I can't remember when we got the results back, but it was some point, like somewhat no, early in the pandemic. It, was it March? It, it was April. Like March sixteenth. Oh, was it? Okay. So like, we had this great news, but the world was collapsing, and <laughs> it was like a lovely little bright spot. Yeah, but it was it kind was. of like not the time. <laughs> um, but then for the following year, we submitted all the three of our products that we had. So the Kina we came out with summer twenty twenty and Dry Vermouth Feb twenty twenty. And the ones we, and the Dry Vermouth and the Rosa that we submitted were after we had switched the recipe to one hundred percent mead. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. So we submitted the three products and again, nightmare getting those to the U S but we did it. And yeah. And then we won double gold for all, like we swept with all three for double gold, which, and all the double gold means is that every judge agreed that it was, it deserved a gold medal. So, so when so all unanimous, judges unanimously yeah. say this gets gold, you get a double, gold. you get double, you, get double gold. you only get gold so if like double. nine out of 10 said gold and one guy said silver or something like that. Yeah. And so is there like a, there's no triple level, right? Uh, best there's in a, show. Yeah. There's best in show, yeah. which we, we didn't get. Or, or, or like best in category. Best in class. Yeah, yeah. I think it is. Um, but like the fact that you guys like how, I mean, this is a world competition, right? Yeah. Obviously it's a big deal. Yeah. Um, it's cool. It, it just to, just to how have, blown away were you guys though like last year when you sent off your your one and then you you find this out that you get gold. oh that was amazing and then when I got the email I literally had to like I had to double check I like did a, a full on double take did you like, think it was like a scam or something a little like it just felt very it, it, unreal it's, it's nice to have that kind of like third party validation of yeah okay we make it so we're biased and, and we like it and, and think it's good yeah. but it's 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 really quite lovely to have. 
you know, a panel of people Experts. you've never met who drink a lot go, yeah, this is also good. It, it, it kind of it gives us gives us a bit of hope, which is which is and lovely. for a product that sits on the shelf, yeah. that's hugely beneficial too. It kind of gives a consumer who's never heard of us that like little bit of verification of like, no, no, like this is actually worth your, your money, the money will be well spent. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like again, I don't want to go back to nowhere again, but like I say, like Let's they were the back. fifth. Fifth best new restaurant in Canada by oh, yeah. um, on Route Magazine a yeah. couple of years ago, well, and, that's, and the, that's that's kind of the way I introduce it to people. Totally, R- restaurants you can read reviews, but for you know, unless you kind of get onto those specialty websites for a lot of alcohol, there's it's it's not like you Google you know our vermouth and and you get like a hundred Yelp reviews on it. Yeah. Um, so the whole kind of awards industry kind of exists to fill that gap where it gives the consumer confidence knowing what they're buying because this little sticker is on it said hey somebody else said it was good um which is again it's it, it's huge for, for well, it's that business. instant credibility yeah 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 which like is- even even like me going in there i don't nothing about alcohol but if i see like the you guys have that award i'm like okay well that uh, this must be good i don't know what that means but if it's a world competition and it's obviously a big deal. Oh, it, it, there you it, go. it helps immensely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, and the, and the other thing too is like, this is, is the packaging that you guys have. Cause like, yeah, like let's talk about Elaine. Yeah. So that's you, fun. you go, was there yes. more you want to say about the award? Oh no. I don't want to, I don't want to sidetrack too quickly. I, I did want to go back one step because your original question was, has your, have our recipes changed? Yeah. Um, was that the original question? yeah. Well, how we got into all the regulatory oh, okay. blah, 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 oh, okay. blah, blah, blah. Because consistency for us is is super important, but we've had to make slight little modifications uh, to to our recipes to meet the the regulatory requirements, like switching from you know half grape wine to to 100% mead. The fun thing about mead is you can make mead taste like wine. It, it, it's I would argue is the most versatile alcohol that exists. You can make a mead taste like beer. You can make it taste like cider. You can make it taste like wine you can make it taste like vermouth all sorts of things um yeah that was the the, the only little point art labels oh art yeah so uh so to say about the art though it's the first thing like when you go to a market yeah because you guys i think are at like every market possible pretty much now but yeah there was a point 2019 we were we we were doing like between Eight and eleven markets a week. No, That's no, it was so insane. Was. We were doing between like you know six you organize all. Of them. <laughs> I, know, I, I would see you at them or I'd see Nadia. Yeah, it seems yeah. like yeah. Quinn doesn't go to the markets. No, he I, I, know. I'm, I'm, I'm just I'm just stuck here toiling away in my tanks and yeah, they're they're, um, they're all there. But the but like the, the just the posters you got done up with like the the the, the like the rootside packaging. Yeah, yeah. just like the labels the full, on them. The full posters that totally. are done up that look like these like medieval. Uh, like, um, uh, I don't know what the, I don't know what the word is for what I'm looking for. Like folklore yeah, totally yeah. type yeah. stuff. 100%. Like, yeah. yeah. Uh, we kind of on, on the root side front went. Like ancient slash ancient sci-fi kind of, kind of vibe going on. Um, yeah. So we had, um, knew we wanted to rebrand cause we were just doing, Quinn was doing our label design and it was yeah. just like a solid color with text on it and it was fine. But, but my drawing skills are significantly limited Actually, we can I, I should, show you i should post i made a copy of the esquimalt label myself like yeah. a mock-up oh 
stories. It's so I, funny. Uh, it's hilarious. And I was Please like, post I'm going to yeah. do this myself. And then I, and looked, I looked at it and I was like, no, we're not. Yeah. And then I looked at it and realized it was absolute shit. And then we decided to hire people who, who really know what they're doing. Was it like little stick birds? You, it was like a stock photo and it, it was like a stock photo of a seagull on a Campbell's soup can. Okay. That's what it looked like. Yeah. But he didn't mean it to look like a Campbell's no, soup can. No, no. Yeah. But it looked like a Campbell's soup can. A- a- anywho, so, so uh, Elaine, Elaine Champagne. Um, name. Yeah. He runs an agency called uh, Creatures of the Night. Um, and he's an incredibly, incredibly talented designer and illustrator who approached us like cold call because because he, yeah, he, he also does the design. Life. He also does the labels for Arbutus and Stillhead and House. Yeah, he, re- he reviewed um, House's labels. And was like, hey, your labels. You know, I, I, he didn't say this, but it was definitely what he meant was, hey, your labels suck. <laughs> if you ever want some good stuff, call me um, in a very nice, in civil, very, very lovely, professional e- email. Yeah. But fundamentally, that was the gist because our labels did suck. And I went, <laughs> yes, I agree. Um, <laughs> That's amazing when somebody can sort of put that out there in a way that someone's able to receive it totally. and be like, like just, yeah. Well, he saw that it was just like no design to it, really. Yeah. It was just like a color with some text and it was fine, but it's not eye-catching. And like, literally, if you're going to be a retail product like that's all you need how many people buy wine by the label yeah i mean I, I go in i i know nothing yeah. like okay like this actually what i do eye. is vivino i break out my phone and i start scanning labels but yeah. that's a whole higher level than 99 percent. i know yeah I, again <laughs> i'm a tech guy right yeah. Yeah. yeah so i'm like i want a 4.0 as cheap as possible yeah that's what i do where's the like venn diagram of those yeah. lines and yeah our I mean, I, I I went to art school. I was surrounded by artists for a long time and and tried to go down that route um, via graphic design and photography. Uh, so kind of love it and want to support it. And with our labels, it was kind of that thing where you can spend a whole lot of money on getting like foils and cool textured paper and custom bottles and all sorts of things but if the labels aren't done really well right off right off the thank you if your labels aren't done really well right off off the get-go i think that's okay (laughs) you keep turning away (laughs) that's okay i appreciate it though thank you (laughs) (laughs) this is why i need her in my life um you can spend a whole lot of money on packaging on repeat, but if you just start off with spending good money on good, talented people on design, you will have a piece of art that, frankly, you can print over and over and over and over again in a way that has impact. An impact. Yeah. yeah it, Which it, is why our market display are literally just it, our roadside labels, labels yeah. onto posters. Yeah, beautiful. And Be- the amount of times that people come up, which we, we are, have been meaning to do, but say, ooh, can I buy a poster? Yeah. But, but we did um, that on purpose because we want people to appreciate art. And a bottle is this wonderful just square that you can throw art on like nobody nobody reads text nobody reads signs nobody reads the information on a bottle no we know because everyone comes up to the markets and say are these the same products <laughs> are these <laughs> all ginger beers do they all yeah. taste the same um one yeah, of my like, favorite photos i've ever taken at a market is the root side display yeah it was you. like 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 sym- symmetrical when i look at the lines and it's everything 
the way it's laid out, this photo that I took. Yeah. I, th- I think it's actually might be my favorite I've ever taken. Oh, thank you. Just of like your, like your booth. No one was standing in the booth. Yeah. It was just the booth and the, the way it was all laid out. It was just, there's something, I love that photo so much. Thank but but you. to be honest, our farmer's market is, is a good example. You can throw a ton of effort into making a really spectacular booth or you can get really awesome art and put that up. And have it, that kind of speak for you. Yeah. Well, I, and that's a big thing too. I mean, we haven't really talked about the pandemic, which has been a nice change. Um, but that'll, just that'll like, come up. That's okay, down okay. here somewhere. Nobody likes talking about that. <laughs> but just how much our business changed from being yes. so market and event driven to being like so much more on the wholesale and retail front, like just wholesaling to grocery stores and, and that kind of stuff. So we went from being able to really talk to our customers and explain our product. Like it is premium. It's a concentrate. So you get a ton of drinks out of it. But, um, to go from that where we're really like interacting with people to just having it sit on the shelf and kind of have to speak for itself, having a label that at least caught someone's eye enough to pick up. Because at a market, like you can smile changing. at somebody and go, "Hey, how you doing?" Want to try and, some ginger beer and catch their eye. Yeah. But on, on on a retail shelf, it's the labels doing yeah. doing that for you. So having done that kind of rebrand before, I think was like the most beneficial first step for us, kind of getting through the pandemic because we had to shift so much to doing. Sixty five percent of our of our revenue was from farmers markets and events pre pandemic. Like Christmas shows and then the weekly and now markets. I think it's like fifteen. Fifteen percent kind of thing. Yeah. And everything else is now wholesale and, and like selling at, at other stores. Yeah. Um yeah our our root side labels I'm I'm a sci fi junkie. Mm-hmm. Um so we kinda went the sci fi route there and then and then the Esquamalt labels we who I mean who doesn't love like the kind of classic Amaro, martini, French, Italian liquor posters. And like, we wanted to kind of go that route. I mean, one of the. But it does lend itself really well. It's like, I'm wearing the, uh, the Rosso t-shirt, the sold out one. You can't buy it. I'm sorry. If you're listening. (laughs) Eventually we'll get more. (laughs) But, um, it just, it lends itself well to different things because like, like you're saying, you invest in it in well, like a big format. Well, one of the requirements that we, I mean, that we gave to to Elaine, our, our designer, um, was it needs it needs to work as a poster because we we wanted to be able to put posters up in liquor stores and, and restaurants and at markets and just kind of showcase good art. Um, so for all, whether Rootshead or Esquimalt, is it has to work as a poster was kind of the one mm-hmm. thing. And then for Esquimalt, we're like, okay, well, humans on posters kind of, especially illustrated, sometimes look funny and it can be a bit hit and miss. Animals always look good. Okay. What's, what, what's a regional animal? Well, we got, you know, we got whales and. But that's Vancouver Island Brewing. Well, <laughs> well, well not only is it Vancouver Island Brewing, but it's like, <laughs> it was like. A hundred different businesses. You know, yeah. there's so many like iconic. We're like, no one West- likes seagulls. Let's put <laughs> exactly. that on our like, labels. <laughs> seagulls are everywhere. I like seagulls. Nobody's using seagulls. Let's just like, yeah. you know, we wake up every morning and there's like 10 seagulls on our runner. Like they're just any coastal community is seagull, seagull, seagulls. So of course. we just went so far down into the seagull rabbit hole that we just said, okay, Elaine, we want like classic Italian, French Amaro posters. But seagulls. Yeah, exactly. What's he like? What are you you talking about? Oh, oh, he was super skeptical. He's like, really? (laughs) He's like, we could do all of these things, but you want seagulls. But then he just like was like, okay, let's do it. And and I have a 
Did he crush a, it like on the first attempt? Oh, oh God, yes. Oh, oh, absolutely. Like it literally was, the most minor of tweaks. Honestly, he'll send us like a vague sketch. I'm like, yep, let's go. Like every single label, he so he, he, he loves you out of the park. Out of the park. He's amazing. We just let him do whatever he wants. It's great. Well, and for the bitters, because I mean, we have, I think like nine so, of them now. I was going to say there's like seven well, or nine. Well, so well the many. shtick was the bitters. It was a makeup. So our rootside labels are quite detailed, and th- there's a lot of kind of world building that we did. And the because bit- those are going to be like our, we're always going to have those. Yeah, the flagships. Yeah. The bitters, our kind of pitch was make it a product that would exist in that like sci-fi world. If you were to walk into, you know, a bar in that world, the, the, these products would would be on the shelf. And that was all I told him. And then that's what he came out with. But the little like on each bitters label, there's like a spot for like a little icon. Um but no direction and he just like it was like little christmas presents he would just send us like <laughs> illustrations every once in a while and like they're all so different yeah, and we, so we, out there yeah but and we have a, we have a lot so of cool. rootside and esquimalt labels banked that i'm really really yeah. excited oh that's to awesome so you already off. have a whole bunch already ready to go yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah i mean it takes a long time to make labels like this and that I, are so detailed it would be yeah. way smarter for us to just have like our logo and a picture and then just change the name but yeah but where's the fun in that exactly no. yes <laughs> um so so we kind of have to bank a, a, a bunch of labels ahead of time just because of the time commitment it takes to, to make things like this but we think it's it's completely worthwhile because you see it on the shelf and it invokes an emotion it catches people's eye and and, and again well just like the spritz local. there like the bottom seagull is looking up at the top one the bottom one looks devastated that it's not having any tell, no don't, don't tell him on the, okay. don't tell him on the podcast <laughs> our little, little the easter, easter egg, egg that, no don't tell okay. him okay well we'll, 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 we'll talk about that yeah but if you look at the label the bottom one is like devastated because the top one's drinking everything mm-hmm. yeah the middle one's like close enough that it looks like you know, I'm, I'm you might have kind, a chance. Yeah, I might have a chance, kind of satisfied. But the bottom one's just getting crushed by two on top of it. <laughs> and it's just like, it's like its world is just falling apart. The top guy's just getting drunk and he's happy. Yeah. That's kind of how I read that. Yeah. And that is exactly what 100%. Yeah. Is, and I love it. it. It's just, it's delicious. It, it, we kind of wanted to go with like, oh, this meat, you know, if you're just looking at the label, it might look like, hey, this drink is desirable because there's these seagulls trying to steal a little sneaky drink um, and and they're having fun. Um, and that was kind of the, the, yeah. the shtick there. Yeah, we have plans. I feel like this is still kind of like on target, but of doing like proper merch for Rootside because yes. like I said, we get requests so often for the posters. Well, just at this point, like I've gotten into NFTs. And at some point, you guys oh, could do like an NFT. Yeah, no, uh, that, that that's a uh, again. This is this is not a tech podcast, but um, that is a whole other interesting uh, 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 side of things. How the the I think the liquor industry entirely. There, there's been some touches on what NFTs could mean. Well, Budweiser just they changed. I think there's somebody changed their Instagram account to something ETH, and they yeah. Budweiser now has like a Discord channel. And so, yeah, for anyone that doesn't know what NFTs are, they're basically digital photos that you can prove ownership of. Um, but there's going to be a lot of utility for them in the future, and they're not going away. So, this is going to so become one, very... One way I've been thinking about it, I don't actually think we've talked about this. It's another tangent that, you know, <laughs> you know um, is, is, is how do we, at, you know, doing what we do, how can we kind of take advantage of some of these technological advancements that are going on because we do have a physical product yes yeah Yeah. exactly nfts create a 
verifiable contract that if I decide I want to, I'm not interested anymore, I could theoretically sell it on to somebody else. So yeah. we've kind of been thinking about, you know, kind of aperitif, well, we, I've been thinking about, I don't know if it will ever happen if Michaela lets me, um, <laughs> it, you know, we could kind of maybe create a little wine club thing where say you get like the first bottle off of every single product we make for all time if you can prove you own you have like that certificate yes exactly yeah. Yeah. You, you, you a million can, percent it, it, no, if you own the wallet like if, if you own if you own the wallet that has the nft in it or, or this picture that has that certificate attached to it yeah is you can go okay this person if you have that you will get the first product of everything we ever make for all even if we only make one bottle it's yours um and then if you decide that you don't want that anymore you could then sell that to somebody else and then that other person could have that benefit mm -hmm. but the neat thing about it is you can kind of assign a, a, a bit of a um a royalty to it so that first person who bought it could say for every time this thing resells, I want 5% out of that of sale. So it, it's kind of like having little mini investors to some degree is by us doing well, they also do well. Yeah, that's a, that's a, a whole, whole thing. But I, but I think there's a lot of room for alcohol producers to do things like that. I think there there's some scotch whiskey uh, companies kind of getting into it where like you, you know, say you're a collector you could buy an NFT that is attached to a physical bottle. And if you want to drink that bottle, they'll ship it to you. But if you don't want to drink that bottle and just collect it, yep. oh, that's wild. you could hold on to it. But then if that, if you decide you don't want it anymore and you sell it, the bottle hasn't physically left a warehouse, so totally but too. the ownership has changed. Huh. But whoever owns it and decides they want to drink it can kind of go, I would like it and they'll ship it to you. So th there's, hmm. yeah, there's a whole lot so of then the ones that haven't on. been drank yet would be worth more. Yes. Yeah. Like another place that this is going to become very relevant, I think is like with concerts, oh, right? Yeah. Let's say you go to a concert of like Metallica or whatever. Yeah. And, and your ticket to that event is going to be an NFT. Yeah. Like it's not going to be a physical I thing. I want to enter the Sandman and you get to go. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So you get, you get this digital thing, but let's say anyone that goes to like the Vancouver concert, yeah of that con of that band mm -hmm. you might get an audio recording sent to you like yeah. airdrop to you of the concert that you went to and nobody else gets that nobody else gets that yeah. and and you get this like little collector's thing of this special ticket that's mm -hmm. digital that we'll be able to display in like our little display like a uh i don't know like little frames or something yeah. Like trophy case yeah 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 the, the other interesting like example of how it is starting to be used or may be used that i've heard is Say you're, say you're a gamer and you've invested all of this time and effort into building a character in a game. And, but now you're done with it. You beat the game, you know, you Mario beat Bowser, done. <laughs> Um, I, I used to play video games, but I was like the 90s. I haven't gotten back into it. So that, that's my frame of reference. But nonetheless, if you put all this effort and all this money and say you bought you know, special things in the game, but then you're done and you move on to that next game, all of that effort you put in is gone. But with, with NFTs, you could transfer all of those assets 
into another game because each game will, you know, have its own coin, have its own NFT or whatever. And you could then say, sell your assets to people in that old game who are still interested in it, get that coin and then take that coin and buy something else in the other game that you're now into. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, effectively, you level up your character. Yeah, that character is more now desi- more desirable because it's more powerful. But you can now there's a way to to, to transfer that to someone. Yeah, it's it. It's very interesting that it, I think it's going to be again. This isn't a, a like a like a. <laughs> a but, but we're podcast, both interested in these but, things. But in the future, th- it's going to sound very strange right now. But in five but to so ten did years, the internet in, in the early nineties. Like, the, what is the internet? This is email. What? But the amount of people making their income from playing video games. And th- oh, like, let's say wild. Farmville, remember on yeah. Facebook, Farmville? Yeah. It wouldn't surprise me if in like within the next few years, there's going to be some Farmville, Farmville game that's just as engaging as Farmville is, where you're growing your crops and stuff. You level up your farm and you can make a ton of money from doing this. Like legit money. Yeah. yeah legit money. Yeah. People, I mean, there's already parts of the world right now where countries where people are playing um, like uh, Axie Infinity, they're leveling up their characters. They're making way more money they could a- than they could actually make working in their country. So but it's, that, it's interesting. That's why I think it is interesting is because, yes, there's the money-making side of things, which I think right now is a big driving force behind the, the popularity. But there is also just the use case and how, and how it gets used and how it will be used that I think you've got the money plus the usability of it. And those yep. two things combined, I think, is what's going to make it popular. For, yeah, people who, who love our stuff and, and, and want the first bottle off of every line, who, who gives a shit what money they make at the end of the day? They, you know, they want the product, or I want the whiskey, or I want this, this, this. It's the access this, to things, I think, that's It's the that's access and you're also, but you would be providing value to the person as well because yeah. they would be able to resell it, right? Yeah. So you'd be for, they would be getting inherent value not just the fact that they are they're getting the product that they want to get, but if they ever need like let's say they need some money or something, or the musicians yeah. and, and artists are huge because when you resell these digital prints, like the, those royalties do go back to the original person. It's not just that they sell these prints and they're out like physically in the real world. Yeah, and now like this person could sell to that person. That original artist sees nothing from that. Like we could give an NFT something to our like number one customer and. You know, say if we died, <laughs> Carla. Oh, Carla, she's the best. Who's Carla? She's our number one customer. She's uh, a woman in Vancouver. We haven't actually met her, but she. Yeah. Shout out to Carla. Yeah, shout out to Carla. She's oh, so lovely. She's so lovely. She, she, she just she, sends us lovely emails and yeah. orders products. And- she, she orders things and also just sends us the most lovely, lovely, lovely letters about. Her. They're just, <laughs> just lovely. Yeah, she's just a, um, a lovely. It's person. like when you get one of these, it's just like it brightens your day. Yes. Oh, Fantastic. Every single time. Yeah. Every single time. Um, and, and then we get an email from the LDB and we <laughs> hate everything. <laughs> but for so you got like a real nice balance going <laughs> yeah, on. Exactly. But for example, we could send her an NFT that gives her some benefit, a discount, whatever. But then if she decides she hates us for some reason, but knows there's other people that also love us. She could then sell that access to somebody else and and kind of benefit off of her kind of like early adoption, as it were. Anyways, it's a no, hundred percent. There's I, a I like lot the, of interesting things that's well, I'm trying I think, to wrap my head around. I think that the interesting thing about it for businesses is it's a way that you can like if you were going to give a discount, like you're yeah. saying, mm-hmm. um, it's a way that you can as a business quickly potentially um, 
get a lot of capital. Yeah. That is going to um, but like I, I appreciate very quickly, and you yeah. can get a lot of money very quickly. Totally, like I could and reinvest give, back in the business and grow way faster than you normally could. Oh, totally. Rather than giving a discount code, to, we'll use Carla as an example. I could give her a discount code, but then that's kind of it. Yep. We would lose a bit of money doing that. She would save a bit of money doing that, but that's kind of it. Or I could say make an NFT that's a discount code, but with like a royalty stake. So we give it to her and then she gives that discount code to a friend like you could now but if she did that we would say make five percent off of that sale so so we're benefiting she's also getting a royalty off of that so every time she shares it she's benefiting and it just kind of is a neat little everybody wins kind of thing it's almost a way to reward potentially your customers yeah. who are like super loyal and diehards who like you from when you're small. But they and also, then if your business succeeds, they also, they succeed. also get rewarded for yeah. that love kind of thing. It's, it, it's a really neat yeah. novel concept. It's going to be interesting to see how it evolves. Cause right now knows? I feel like, yeah, who knows what's going to happen right now. I feel like, like us talking about this, people are probably zoning But the out. fact that we're talking about this on a food <laughs> podcast means yeah. like, no, there's, I, I, yeah, I think, let's, let's circle back to, uh, <laughs> it's, it's only like 1% of 1% of people that are doing this. So <laughs> everyone's just like, yeah, okay, quick pause. Yeah. 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 They already, they do They're done. Sorry about that guys. Regulations, NFTs, yeah, Jesus God. Christ. So this the, is how my brain works. We could start talking about pasta. I been doing that like there's all sorts of so th different three things. words okay custom made equipment yeah what does that mean to you guys uh everything efficiency our oh, well, we, we talked about our walk-in cooler yeah so i i don't know so that's a good so let, let's go back i think we mentioned on here that i was going to talk to you guys like a year ago yeah didn't mm -hmm. happen yeah i started prepping for this thing back then and i'd written <laughs> down custom made equipment and i, I didn't actually know what that meant <laughs> So what does that mean to you guys? Because I wrote it down for a reason. I have no clue why. I think literally like efficiency is the most efficient way to like ba -ba <laughs> summarize that. But but do, do you guys have like a ton of just custom stuff? Like we the way you do things? Had actually like I I would say there are three custom pieces of kit that we built that have fundamentally enabled us to do what we do. One of them we upgraded and and bought something better than I could make. Um, first one walk-in cooler. Mm -hmm. Um, which shout out to Coolbot. <laughs> if you need a walk-in cooler, check out Coolbot. Um, is that a local company? No, no but it's, it's local, pretty but... legit. Um, so basically, it's a temperature controller that you can hook up to a like a standard window AC unit that makes that AC unit think it's warmer and just keeps it on. So if you Take that AC unit and you put it into an insulated box, which is all a walk-in cooler is, you can have refrigeration temperatures constantly maintained. So, I mean, this is also a long story. Basically, when we moved to this warehouse, we got scammed on Craigslist for <laughs> a used walk-in and paid a whole bunch of money to a guy that never sent us a walk-in cooler. And we had two weeks left before our health inspection with no walk-in cooler and would fail our health inspection without a walk-in cooler. Um, so we went shit. Really? So you fail if you don't have one? Yeah. Well, 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 for, 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 for our, our process. Our, our process. Yeah. Okay, we, I see. We needed yeah. to be able to we refrigerate needed, it. Yeah, cold storage. Um, I see, I see. Yeah. Okay. But in order to get a cooler shipped it, you know, and installed was like six weeks, but we had two weeks. Um, and basically the timeline was when we moved over here and then we had a couple of big oh, yeah. uh, like spring shows that we had to do. And so we needed to make product for but those shows. But we couldn't shows. make product without, without we the walk-in. we could make product. 
without the health inspection approval and we couldn't get the health inspection so, approval. So, so we learned about Cobot and basically built our own walk-in cooler, framed it, insulated it, um, and got an AC unit and plugged it in. And that was like, what, four years ago? And it's yeah. it's working like a treat. And normally we were getting quotes between 15 and 20 grand for a walk-in of this size and we paid four. For a small Not including our own labor. Yeah, 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 of course. Lot, Nobody, but... but that's why they call it free time because yeah. we do it in our free time and it's free. <laughs> um, <laughs> but for, again, a small business of our size, that kind of savings is gigantic. Um, the other piece of kit was our pasteurizer mm -hmm. for the root side products. They don't have alcohol on them. So if we didn't pasteurize, they would go bad in a couple of weeks. And you, Bad product a business does not does not make, um, but we also didn't have a hundred thousand dollars to spend on a pasteurizer. So I had to learn about heat exchangers and how to pasteurize <laughs> uh, uh, our ginger beer and tonic and and whatnot. So we built our own pasteurizer. The original one, uh, I got what's called a sidearm, which is like a heat exchanger you'd normally put on the outside of like your boiler in your house, um, and I like daisy chained seven of them together so that i could heat our product up to 74 degrees to pasteurize it to kill any yeast or bacteria that's in there but i also didn't want to kill the flavor so i had to then immediately drop that temperature back down to room temp yada 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 we did that built it for maybe a grand out of what would normally cost a hundred it was really slow though. We we were we we literally pasteurized today before you showed up. And our old pasteurizing days used to be like fourteen hours. Oh, they were bad. Mm. No, fourteen hours for was like, when we were like had gotten good at it. Oh, I know, but that was only for like five hundred liters. Whereas not we, even we weren't doing five hundred liters. That was like four hundred and under. Anyways, we've upgraded it, and <laughs> and we can now do that in a couple hours, which is great. Uh, the other piece of custom equipment is our bottler, which is the one piece of equipment we uh, that that we built on within like our first year of business yeah. that it we're used to be on like a creaky wooden stand that Quinn built. Yeah, but now but now, it's now, it's, like now it's on a metal uh, yeah. metal rack. But yeah, we but same piece. we built that bottler and we're still using it, and it's surprisingly still keeping up. And again cost savings a bottler that can do we probably do 350 bottles an hour off of that thing that'll probably cost about 10 grand to buy something new and are probably like 800 bucks wow. into that thing which so, we bought four years ago yeah yeah so yeah custom equipment is everything it's but custom it, equipment, but also figuring things out. I feel like that's the biggest thing for our business. Like but that's running any yeah. uh, problem solving. But we were talking about the, uh, like at the beginning of just like, ah, ha, ha, we don't know anything. It's just like, but we don't know anything, but then we but exactly. try and figure it out yes, yeah, <laughs> and yeah. how to do it ourselves. We literally went into this not knowing we had to ha have a, a, a commercial kitchen um, and then figure that out. And then more and more problems arose. The LDB is a recent problem and it's, that is our job, I think, as business owners, is to just figure yeah. it out. I feel like the ironic thing is, so I went to UVic, um, and I have a business degree in entrepreneurship, <laughs> but I'm also like a very risk-averse person, so I didn't actually see myself being like, I want to be an entrepreneur. I just thought it was a really good way to like kind of broadly learn Gen about business. Generalized education. Yeah, yeah. Okay. and it, it was an incredible... Like, I loved my time there and have incredible friends and learned a lot of like... I would say 
like soft skills and just as far as like how to make a presentation or how to do research and how to like network and things that are important. But I saw a friend, um, the other day from BCom or from my like business degree that I hadn't seen in a while. And he's like, Oh, like, are you using stuff from school? And I was like, no, like one, it was so far, like, ago, like so long ago. And the best way to learn about business is to actually just like do it and yeah, be just in do business. It. The best way to learn about business is to be in business. Yeah. Like there's no way I could have been like in school knowing exactly what I wanted to do and how to apply but it. And it was just like, jumping we've, into we've it talked about this often. And I think it's when you're in that educational environment, learning entrepreneurship, you don't know what matters and what doesn't. You, well, you don't know what you don't know. Yeah, it, it, exactly. Yeah. You, you don't know that, you know, the 10 cent difference between this bottle and that bottle is game changing. Mm -hmm. But until you actually have have skin in the well, game and you're learning you, about like best case scenarios yes. too as as far as like forecasting and, and you like, get into business my and, business plan and what and, happens like, when you get into business <laughs> nothing goes to plan yeah it's worst case <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean it's it's once you have an idea or a problem comes up that's when you just need to figure out how do you do this thing right yeah because like yeah. it's this podcast like i don't know how other people structure theirs yeah this is just what i came up with and this is what I do. Well, you you asked that question of is this how other vermouth makers? Uh, I have no idea. Yeah, I guess it's the same. I have no clue what yeah. other people do for their stuff here. This th I, this works for you. This works for us. Yeah, I just yeah. know that I, I I was like, okay, I want to have video. How do I do that? You know, I have two phones. Use those, and then I wanted a unit for audio, so I got this thing. Yeah, yeah. I was originally going to get a smaller one, but I tried to look at what I needed, and then I this thing is what I got. Um, it's probably overkill, but it works fine. But yeah. if but if if it works, yeah, great. I do want to go a little bit fancy though and get that new like the mic is like five hundred and thirty bucks. But again, I'm like I don't really need to do that. This one sounds basically the same. I would just be like appeasing like something inside of me <laughs> that I don't really need to appease. If you can get one of those mics to test, do a side do a oh, I side already know. by there's, side. There's, there's, Trust me that I've, I've watched so many of these videos of people testing it. Yeah. There is a difference, but unless I'm doing it, like, here's what it sounds like here. Here's what it sounds like here. Like you would never hear the difference. Mm. So me, really. Yeah. Me talking back here when it's like, Quinn, just, just, just set up to the mic and it'll sound better. <laughs> I bet I, I would argue if you could figure out a method to get the people you're talking to, to talk closer to the mic, it would probably <laughs> do better than a good mic. Well, no, see the good mic would be for me. <laughs> I, I, my ego wants it you know what i mean yeah um but i i just like these ones sound fine yeah, i don't need it great. i just I, I i i don't know we'll see if a mic ever looks different on the camera then people will know that i you like upgraded yeah you treated yeah. yourself inside i'm like i'm like secretly like laughing and happy <laughs> out of this spending all this money that i don't need to and i don't I'm, so i haven't done it yet yeah but I, i'm trying not to so before oh there's so many bottlers oh we i i yesterday or was it today yesterday. yesterday sent michaela a picture of a automatic bottler where all you have to do is put the bottles on and then they fill and cap and label and then you just take the bottles off yeah i want one eventually well but see that that's an actual <laughs> functional thing where it is a substantial upgrade oh right? I, we could yeah. get away just fine without it but, I want one. <laughs> but, it, but it's a, it's a big difference versus one. what you have. Yeah. Oh, yeah. God, yes. Massive. Oh, so, God. Yeah. Every single bottle that we fill, I have to physically turn on and off 
the the valve that stops the liquid flow. So like if oh, I really if I miss a half second, that thing overflows and most often than not yeah, like sprays with was the F word coming out there? No, no, no. I spray, I, spray I thought you were going to say, it, if you it, fuck it up, I well, thought that's what you were well, going to say. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I appreciated the, like, the pause. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have, uh, yeah, Michaela has a story of when I accidentally sprayed ginger beer in my, in my eyes. And, oh, he was just, and then was super dramatic and was like, lead me to the I'm sink. blind. <laughs> um, he was fine. But, but yeah, because <laughs> right now our bottle litter, I literally have to watch that liquid and just stop it every single time and like i said we're doing like 350 bottles an hour so i'm just and we and it's four four bottles uh a forehead bottler so i'm managing so four at a time yeah they, they fill at different rates yeah so basically, you get like into you a start, rhythm you start one and then when it's at a certain point you start the second one and then so on and so forth but, so that like when the first one s- is finishing the second the third one you're turning on yeah. what if you start daydreaming or something oh, you though can't, no no no, Quinn no, no, no can't nobody can talk to me well, 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 that's what i mean yeah <laughs> this is too much pressure I've gotta so, be- <laughs> so i can podcast i like have my little bluetooth ones and i listen to a podcast so i'm every uh i would say like 99 percent of bottles that we've sold of all time, I've placed the cap onto those and sealed those bottles. And got tendonitis in your hand from doing so. And got so, tendonitis, yeah. and then we got like a capper that helps me. Legit, like yeah. tendonitis from that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, I went. I went to a walk-in clinic. This is when we were in Vancouver. Um, oh, that was early then. Yeah, because we were just hand tightening them, and we were doing mini bottles, and it was this is we call it the six weeks of hell. It was literally like October to mid-November of the first time we did mini gift sets. A bottle in day took us 23 hours. Oh, solid. yeah. I was like, I listened to the podcast you did with um, Shane and Kyle from House, and they were just like <laughs> <Same thing>. laughing <laughs> about how they were doing like really stupid, like 20 hour days or 20 yeah, plus hours. Yeah, sleeping on the couch and. Yeah, and just like delirious because you fuck something up or like you need your cleaning while the cleaning staff are coming in, and it's just like a whole nightmare. Yeah. But again, looking back on those moments though, and, and like when you come to like a new level and you can look back on that stuff. It's it's cool to look back on it and think, yeah. oh my god, we were crazy. This is why I want that fancy bottler because I want to get that and be like, what was I doing for six years? Like hand filling every single thing. When yeah, you literally just put the bottles on and they they'll become some, some kind of nostalgia off. though. I, I, I assume know. for you. Oh, it already is. Yeah. Even that, like, so that was yeah when we were in Vancouver and it was honestly just like I've never been more tired in my whole life. Um, twisting the caps, got tendonitis. I can't remember why I started this. We got the capper. I cap things. It sucked. We've improved. Oh, what, did, what were we talking about that just before this? I've lost my train of thought. I'm the worst person to ask for that because I, I, everything just my brain's so full right now. Oh, multitasking goes in and out. There you yes. go. I suck at I, it. You're I awesome at it. Things so I can listen to a podcast, and it's a very specific timeline of like we, we get into the bottles a, from a Quinn, and then I put them on a labeler. But if Quinn has thought sometimes, and then like we'll try and start a conversation. But if I actually engage conversation with him, then he has to like stop the bottler because he's <laughs> forgotten to like twist one of the valves or something. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're very similar. Yeah. You and me. <laughs> I, I, I struggle with multitasking. I, I can't I, do it at all. Yeah, it's I, out the window. Yeah. Like I, I, so it depends what I'm doing. Like at work, if I'm working with computers or whatever, and I like a lot of the stuff I do repeatedly, right? Yeah. Don't have mm-hmm. to think about it. No yeah. problem. But the second, like if I have to type something, I got to stop everything. And if somebody's talking to you at that same time. it de- Yeah. But again, it depends. Yeah. If I'm doing something I have to think about, forget about it. Yeah. No, 
or, or I've gotten pretty good at like pretending like I'm I'm sort of listening, <laughs> but I, but I, even then I try Mac- not to do Mikaela's that. Michaela's gotten good at knowing when I'm pretending. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> when does this thing? Oh God, this is this is the benefit of can, like can knowing you, your partner. And can you tell we spend twenty four seven together yeah, because yeah. we both live in? No, exactly yeah. what it is. Um, but. I'll say, oh, we need to do this tomorrow or like start to tell him something or a story. And then, I don't know, five seconds into that, he's like, oh, sorry, sorry. I wasn't paying attention. Can you start over? And then sometimes I'll start over and get another like 10 seconds in and Quinn will be like, okay, no, sorry, sorry. (laughs) Now I'm listening. I promise. Okay. I just, I get sucked into these but you like are holes thinking that about, i can't yeah, get out of and, something else yeah. but is there ever like a third one where he's like okay now is the real time sometimes but yeah. like i've gotten used to it at that now where i can be like hey okay i'm about to tell you some information <laughs> can you like lock in and confirm that you are ready to receive the yes. information yes tell me the information please <sighs> but that's why we work well together <laughs> Yeah, if you can recognize those things. Yes. Because yeah. it could be a situation where that's like super frustrating and somebody would get pissed off. Yeah, or or you can figure out a way that like it'll when, when you recognize that it's a thing and then you just work around when, it. When yeah, you're exactly. working this close with somebody, it is recognizing those flaws, recognizing you cannot change those flaws and understanding how to work around them. Yeah. Um if you can't work around them, then the that partnership, whether in, in love or business or whatever, will collapse. But if if you can figure out how to adapt and work around it i think it works yeah 100 percent. i feel like it would be i mean i don't i don't like work with natalie or anything but i feel like if you can be around someone like in a personal relationship and a business relationship and you don't want to like like kill them not not kill them but like get pissed off at them or something (laughs) like if, if that doesn't happen all the time then you're probably with the right person yeah you know what i mean well it's actually funny like how many i remember before we moved to the island i was working at a restaurant too and i so many people that i worked with were like i don't know how you work with like your boyfriend like i, I don't, don't know, know how, how you work how with you your partner. don't yeah i mean we're from that perspective yeah. but they're just like i would just like i couldn't be around that person literally 24 7 but it kind of works for us and like same thing we're so like like the business kind of ugh, this sounds so lame but like the business is our life like not in like a workaholic sense but like we're so just like in it and happy to talk about it and be yeah. doing it constantly but you're that, both like, excited right yeah, yeah like you're, but it, like like you're if all one of in. us was then it wouldn't work because no. if, if i was like oh my god 100 percent about this one thing and you just and i was working separately and on, couldn't on, understand you'd probably it. get annoyed if i was like oh my god we have to oh, talk yeah. about blah 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 yeah yeah whereas because we're both in it we can go you know on a dog walk and you know every time we walk the dog it's basically a business meeting <laughs> i don't think there's a single time we walk the dog that we don't talk about the business <laughs> but that, that, i think that's a special thing yeah because i think but like, that's our time to kind of like it's like meditate about yeah the, the, there's yeah. like no out there's nobody coming in no deliveries no there's no external forces and we can just kind of shoot the shit and 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 figure problems out, out in a very yeah, kind of i think natural solve. way and and then yeah. we get exercise and dog gets exercise yeah. but i think that's special yeah because i i think that like you said everyone at the other job or whatever yeah. was saying how do you do that because i think it's so far to the realm of what most people would consider something they could do yeah so that that sounds like a very special bond that's very cool yeah yeah i think we're different enough that it works but also the same enough yeah. I don't know. I like the fact that I saw a quote somewhere that said, we like weird wine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I forget where I saw it, but I saw it somewhere. Some uh, kind of a market bio, I think. Not, it, well, that's what I usually well, submit. Or well, is that on the website? No, that, was, that was your shtick. Weird wine was your, yeah. w- was your term, and we were kind of 
pumping that for a while because that is what we do. But meat is wine. But the problem is most people think wine is is grape wine. Well, it's all grapes. Yeah. yeah so we, we've kind of moved away from that, even though it works well because we're now 100% meat based. But I think it using the term wine is a little confusing. So we're slowly kind of backing off from using using the word wine because, yeah, yeah originally we used a lot of grape wine, but now we don't. So yeah. it's... Well, there even people who came by in the summer to here to like the little bottle shop who are like, oh, like, yeah, we're here to see the winery. Like, do, do you have, have Riesling? Like, do you have Riesling? And I was like, oh, no, we're not that kind of place. Yeah. I was like, we have vermouth. And they yeah. were like, okay, no. <laughs> but so, yeah, it's kind of a bit... It's a bit of a misnomer almost to be like we are a winery, but it's yeah. not anyone's like. But it's not what people immediately perceive yeah, as a, a, as a winery is putting botanicals and weird flavorings and things in there. Yeah. yeah. But I think that's part of the cool thing is that there is such a diversity within like the wine space. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. That like when I was in Japan and we went to like two sake breweries. Yeah. Or and, and like. Sake. Also, oddly a wine, even though it's from a grain. Yeah, from rice. But like looking looking at these two different places, one you would swear was a science lab, mm -hmm. and the yeah. other one was more what you would think of when you think of someone that produces uh, like wine or sake or yeah. whatever. Like that. So the one, one hundred percent, still yeah. both fall into that category, but both completely are different. producing something in yeah. the same space, but two radically different situations. Yeah. yeah, and that was really cool. Well, you look at some of the like the old. Um, wineries in France and Italy and stuff and like Quinn's parents were over there not too long ago and they were like oh yeah like it would not pass a health inspection in Canada because it's all just like wood barrels and wood ceilings and dirt floors well, and no, like, this wasn't a winery it, it, oh, it was my was aunt went to like a syrup factory so it was oh, non-alcoholic oh and yeah. yeah 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 but even so I feel like that applies to wineries too yeah but then you can have like the other end of the spectrum, which very is very clinical, like, sanitized. Yeah, exactly. da, 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 yeah. putting in like very like modern and just like this is kind of what I saw yeah. is that the these two sort of ends of the spectrum. Yeah. This is one of the reasons why I'm so excited and love making mead is because I feel it can be any of those things. For example, you can make a low ABV, like four percent sparkling mead that drinks like a cider or a beer or you can make one that drinks like a chardonnay or a riesling or, or 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 you know whatever standard wine comes to mind or you can make one that tastes like sherry or you could like make one that tastes like vermouth like the the gamut of available things you can do with it is is really fun and exciting so um, the diversity is way more immense and which is yeah. It is, and I, why I'm so amazed nobody's making it. That's what I'm. That's so. Like, when, as you're saying it. this, I'm like, why are more people not using honey? I, I don't know. Well, honey is a very out of all the fermentable sugar sources, it's the most expensive. Mm. Um, but it's the most expensive, but it's shelf stable. I can get honey and ferment honey year round. Whereas you know, if I'm making grape wine, I can you're only ferment. Harvest. I'm defined by yeah. that harvest time. I have to have. What's that period of time at the harvest? September, October, kind of thing. And the, so you have like a couple months where you can do stuff. But but to that, actually like for, but like that means the grapes. Yeah. yeah, you need exactly that means you need equipment that can process an entire year's worth mm. of harvest and plan accordingly. And plan that. accordingly. Yeah. Whereas with mead, I can have equipment where we're fermenting every single month, and it again 
that buried entry, I think, is a lot lower because I don't need an equi- you know equipment a tank that does twenty thousand liters. I can have a tank that's two thousand liters. Or and the rest of the or, year, with like that huge amount of equipment, it's, it's sitting it's, there doing nothing. Exactly, and you need way more space to house it, which yeah. is nuts. I don't get it. So yes, the ingredient is more expensive, but your cash flow, I think, is much more reasonable doing doing mead, and also it the levels of creativity. That are available. It's just like a blank canvas. It, it, it yeah. is like you, you, with more potential. Mm-hmm. So, so when you're fermenting mead, or rather, when you're fermenting grape wine, I'm the amount of alcohol that comes out at the end is defined by the amount of sugar that was in that grape. Whereas mead is a, at its most basic, a combination of honey and water. I can define how much honey or sugar goes into that liquid, and thus I can choose what my abv is so if i want something low abv and carbonated or if i want something you know fortified and super boozy that's my as a mead maker that's my choice or if i want to say add another fruit in there like apples or blackberries as i could you know not under our current regulations (laughs) i but everywhere else you can ferment blackberries and honey together or apples and honey together and make something really neat. Or you can ferment grain and honey and make something like a beer. You can do all sorts of different things. Um, we found some loopholes that will allow us to do some neat stuff. Um, but there's not another alcohol where I think you can do that and get away with that kind of stuff. And, and also there's no preconceived idea in people's head of this is what cider is. It might, you know, you can't add cardamom to cider. Oh my God, it's not cider anymore. Like nobody has that idea for, for mead. It's like, oh, cool. The mead is this, 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 and this. But I think that's also what makes it confusing. Maybe. Well, there's maybe an opportunity there that you can, because people don't really know what mead is, or maybe they've never heard of it. It's almost an opportunity where you, it's whatever you guys are making it because they don't know any different. Mm -hmm. So like you can educate them. Which is exciting too, from a producer's perspective 100 yeah. because then you have that full you want you can go down the rabbit hole and start doing all these crazy things yeah and there aren't those like traditional notions of what it is supposed to be and and yet totally. all, oddly enough there but there is there is because it is i i mean it's a little cliche to some degree but it, it is the world's oldest fermented drink like it's been around forever like i said our the way we make our spritz traditionally is called a small mead and that was a term used in like you know the 12th century like this is old stuff with very defined styles but i feel in the last say 80 years they've kind of been in living memory has kind of been forgotten about so the traditions don't existed they're not as rooted in 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 our culture that they did exist and they kind of went away and we're maybe hoping to some degree we can make people think about mead more and go oh wow there's actually a whole lot here and i didn't know mead could be completely bone dry and not sweet mm-hmm. even though it has honey in it would you have transitioned to mead on your own over time to be 100 percent mead so when we started making like making vermouth we were like i said you know a, at least 50 percent. i think it was like 60 40 60 percent of our base wine for the vermouth was mead and then the rest was was one like oh, i've I don't think I was thinking about this yesterday when we were in Vancouver. I was getting into that mead world then a bit, but never really pursued it. And then when we started making alcohol, that was kind of where we naturally gravitated. And again, talking about barrier to entry for us as a small business, 
I don't have enough money to buy two and a half acres of grapes. Whereas eh, I, I could, I, I could buy a couple buckets of honey. Um, well, and I think when we first made the vermouth recipe too, like we considered doing just a hundred percent mead, but we kind of thought like our perception of like, yes. will it be considered a vermouth? Like vermouth is traditionally gr- white grape wine for the base. Yeah. And we felt that to meet our requirement, our like license requirement, we needed to ferment the meat ourselves, but would the consumer think of it? Would as the consumer vermouth? think of it as vermouth if we didn't use grape wine in there? So that's why we did the blend. Turns out the consumer doesn't know what meat or vermouth is, but, so it but, didn't yeah. matter. But, but also, I don't think they they care so much, and be, they don't care because it's does it taste like vermouth? If it yeah. tastes like vermouth, it doesn't matter if it was made with cider or grape wine or meat or whatever. If it tastes like it should, therefore it is. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's almost like yeah, the perception. Like we were so concerned about that, but and and, and no, but the perception might as well be reality. So if people taste it and it tastes like it should be to them, then that's that, that that's, that's all that matters. matters. And it is, yeah, yes, yeah, totally. exactly. And that's an easy thing I think to get when you're in it in the moment. It's easy to lose track of that. Yeah, but also too, you you might not know until you actually do it. And we really didn't. Oh, 100 yeah. percent. Another because yeah. like, you you need like you need to get it out there so people can try and get the reaction right. Yeah. So and to see what people care about. I mean, I feel think one of the biggest changes we made when we first started um root side is originally our bottles we used to wax seal the tops of them so instead of now we have cap straps we used to have um black heat seals um like tamper evidence seals um but we used to do wax sealing which was a nightmare um obviously all by hand again oh yeah so we would like cut a piece of tape this was my job I would cut the little piece of tape. You'd put it around, make a tab, put it around the cap. And then we'd have a little pot that we'd heat up with the wax, which was actually a Vancouver Island wax company that they do all custom wax. Um, Dip it in, like let it drip and then put it there and like stamp the top of it. And literally the time that it took to do one bottle, we could, I think it was a case or maybe even more. Well, well, now we're at the point where we can seal the top of a, we can seal 24 bottles in time it took us to do one bottle yeah wow like it was just so time consuming and but while we were doing it we we're like oh it's so cool everybody it's small ca- batch. It's so fancy wax everybody cares yeah and we were so concerned about taking away the wax because we thought it was like what people liked about us and like they were obnoxious to open for and we were selling so much to bars and restaurants like yeah, know, it was that. a nightmare for like, them it was just like yeah. behind the bar like no the bartenders probably hated it yeah yeah so i don't know it's just one of those small things too where like we were thinking that people were going to care about this and like in the reality that people want things that are like easy and then easy convenient and th- and consistent and tasty yeah. yeah of course you want every they want uh as little friction as possible exactly yeah that's it that, and i think that's an important thing to keep in mind totally it's easy to lose track of that because i think that um speaking for myself like i have an idea the way i want to do something mm-hmm. and there's reasons why i want it but it's it's more about the consumer or the other person on the other so side in it. I, like I, yeah I, I can't remember where i heard this but it's kind of been a bit of a, a mantra for a while now is convenient sells and, and no matter what you were doing a million percent it, for example vic food guys the reason 
people come to you is because they don't want to go and do all of the effort that you are doing. So they come to you for that information because it is convenient. It's the same reason people go to a grocery store because they don't want to go buy their coffee, their meat and their bread from four different places across the city. They want to go to one place. It's the same reason people buy our vermouth because they don't want to make it. So, <laughs> you know, I don't blame them when you can just buy it. And it's literally like that you could apply to anything is if you can make something convenient for somebody there, people might, yeah, people, people like buy. that. Yeah, of course. Exactly. People like convenience. People of course. like being efficient. Yeah. Yeah. So it's important to keep that in mind. Yeah. Um, I had a point. I don't know what it was now. See, now I'm losing my. <laughs> We're good at distracting each other. <laughs> oh, I had a really good one too. So before all of this, what was your history with wine? Um, like, was it, did, did you drink it very much? Or? I liked drinking it. I honestly didn't know what mead was until probably, I think when we started Rootside is when I well, kind of, no, oh no, no on no, the road we, trip. We, we, yeah. We, we were in, in Portland and went to, went to a meadery there. Yeah, I, we did a road I, trip had a, I spent a while in Europe and went to a Renaissance fair in, in the <laughs> Netherlands. Um, and got good and drunk off of a lot of mead um and that was probably my first kind of foray into it and then i was looking into how to make it for a while but as far as making it goes zero experience and th and then we fell in love with vermouth and went if we want to make vermouth we got to learn how to make wine mm -hmm. so we spent a good two or three years in the background where that was just kind of all we were doing just trial and error in absolutely every possible permutation i mean even just selecting the yeast that we use for our mead we did a trial of i think it was eight different ferments all the same ingredients but the only difference was the yeast strain used and then did a side-by-side -side comparison of yeah, that was cool. Yeah, between really? every, every single yeah. yeast strain, wrote down tasting notes of all the different variables. We did that with the, Nadia yeah, tasted all of them yeah, too. Yeah. yeah. Um, we did like kind of basically like a blind tasting. But yeah, it was like two years of like really going down the rabbit hole trying to figure out, okay, if I use this strain versus this strain or this botanical versus this, you know, what are the differences and learning all of that um, to then kind of figure out how to make the things that were, that were made. That would be an intense day if you had eight different ones. And then I guess you you started like eliminating the one you like at least somehow, and then oh oh yeah. I, at the end of the day, it was just like writing down tasting notes of yeah. everything we we tasted, and then going yes, this one tasted the best. Okay. Um, I mean, to be honest, we do the same thing with with all of our products. When we come out with a new product, we'll often do um, a a blind tasting of say when we came out with our dry vermouth. Mm -hmm. After we did the recipe, we did a blind taste of like probably a dozen different dry vermouths from different companies and made sure ours stacked up and you could still call it a dry vermouth in comparison to all of the other ones. Um, so you had like a dozen there and one of yours is one of them. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and 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 did it blind, so we don't really know which one is which and just kind of made sure it hit those stylistic kind of... Not what we liked about them, what we didn't yeah. like, kind were of. You, were you able to pick yours out? Yeah, because we knew it, but at right? least that way yeah. we could get a good understanding. You, could, of... you knew if it was like in the ballpark, yes. like in that exactly. in that realm, and that's yeah. why we did it. Because I don't want to make a a rosa vermouth and then it not taste like it should. Because if somebody buys that and then it doesn't taste like what it says it'll taste like, that's a that's a problem. Yeah, I mean, taste is so yeah. subjective, so it's kind of a weird thing too. But like 
we like everyone's gonna have a favorite so we basically took our top whatever favorites yeah. too and it's like okay our product needs to be within these because this well, is what we like and we want it to be what was most interesting though was also because that completely removes price or labels or anything out of that stuff out of the scenario so then to taste things that looking at you go oh wow this is it's so fancy it's so nice <laughs> but blind it was like gross whereas the cheap one that was like you know <laughs> Five times less was like twenty times better. Yeah, that was Isn't really, that really yeah, interesting. That a couple times, like yeah. the psychological aspect that plays into oh, it. Huge. Oh yeah, huge. like you feel like you need to like it because it's bougie or swanky. Yeah, because yeah. if you're going to spend that much, why would you spend on crap, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Meanwhile, but it's everything subjective. Like, <laughs> oh, of course, that taste is incredibly like, subjective. That's the funny thing about even like the spritz. Is it like when I describe it to people at markets and when I try to explain it, I'm like, it's bubbly, it's bitter, it's, um, what did I say? Bone dry. Bubbly, bitter, dry, and like grapefruit, a little bit of rosemary that comes through too. I think that's what exactly what it tastes like. I like, would say so. It's bitter, it's bubbly, it's dry, it's not sweet at all, but like- Grapefruit, we, rosemary. Grapefruit, rosemary. <laughs> wow. But we got like a, a hilarious, but also like very angry email from someone who had <laughs> bought it. And like shared it with his family at like a picnic and they even had it at a, like a barbecue picnic, which is what we recommend on the bottle. Yeah. Um, I could see that fitting perfectly. And he Cut said, through all that fat. Yeah. we have like all, hey, what did he say? Like we have ex- like 20 years plus experience in the Drinking wine experience industry. experience between 30 people. And like people our ranges and- are from here to here. Uh and they were like, and everyone had to spit it out. It was, it was just disgusting. Awful. It was, you know, just the, <laughs> and like basically telling us our product was absolute shit, and we, you know, he shouldn't didn't ask make for anything. anything that was the weirdest part. He wasn't like, I would like a refund or but like taste is subjective. Yeah, um, he hated it. We love it. That's it. fine. But like, also, I feel like we described it pretty well. Of like, no, what I, it I is. would say a hundred percent. But again, it is subjective. You but can't please everyone. Yeah, so, I mean, one experience you're reminding me of when it was. So I, I first t- tasted meat in Saskatchewan, mm-hmm. but I was visiting relatives in um, in Regina, right? And I was walking down the main strip there, walking back to their place. And there was this little um, uh, Arabic like um, grocery store. Yeah. And they had some stuff that like products you wouldn't normally see. And they had this, um, it was a yogurt, it was a carbonated yogurt drink. Oh, and and so I was like, I've had this before. I had it at Wrap and Roll, but this one was different. And it and so I grabbed the mint one. So it's a mint yogurt carbonated beverage. What's it? Is it? What's the name for that? I forget. Tasty. I I forget. So I brought this thing to my relatives. This is so far out of the realm of oh, anything yeah. they've ever had. <laughs> like, I, I think that they're just super- I mean, we even struggle bringing our stuff to, like, family gatherings. It's, but, like, like meat yeah. and potatoes, just, like, yeah. they just want very plain. And I bring this thing that that's, like, unheard of. Mm-hmm. And, and, like, I think my brother tried it, and he, like, almost spat it out. Yeah. And he's like, I don't even want to eat now. Like, I don't want dinner because I'm so, so disgusted. And it was just, it was this very interesting thing, but it's subjective. Completely. Because yeah. I, because like, if you grew up drinking that, it's the most delicious thing in the world. Well, yeah. I, I've, I mean, I tried it and I had the other version that wasn't mint. So I knew what kind of what to expect. Yeah. It was kind of shocking even still for me, but I enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah. And again, there's just like this thing. And I, and I another thing I, I've heard about is this, um, gross museum or museum of gross food in like California. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've heard of this. No. Where they have collections of what other countries um, perceive as gross, 
because it's subjective, right? Oh, yeah. oh, cheese, for example, yeah, with maggots on it, or or there's like there's like wine with dead mice, I think, at the yeah. bottom. Yeah. Um, but the one for like North America is root beer. So a large oh, yeah. part of the world oh, yeah. Yeah. thinks it's disgusting. 100%. Oh, that's so funny. And yeah, like, we to me, love it. Yeah, I'm like, root beer is great. Yeah. yeah. You know, what are you talking about? But it, it is, it's subjective. There, There is a obscure, I mean, I like finding obscure things, but a, a, an obscure Italian fortified wine. Have you ever heard of Advocat? No. So it, it, I like it, that name though. It's an awesome name. It's a Dutch egg liqueur where basically you take egg yolks and fortify them with spirit. So it's like a boozy custard. Mm. Um, and there's also a wine version of that where you take a sweet wine and blend it with eggs and but add spirit so it's shelf stable. So it's like a boozy, whiny, eggy custard drink thing, which, you know, if you try and sell like – Imagine trying to explain that to people. Omit the custard part. Just to like, here, here's some alcoholic egg yolks. Now drink it. <laughs> like, like, yeah, some people it's weirded out, but for me, I'm like, oh wow, that sounds great. Um, and it, yeah, it's all it's all incredibly subjective. Yeah, I mean, give me something different. I mean, I'm I, but again, I'm down for like anything. Yeah, yeah. like I'll try anything. Like Mo got a um, uh, he got a local animal, and he just so he he was cooking it up, and he cooked up the lungs. It's so like I ate the lungs. Yeah. Great. And yeah. then he gave me, he he was like cooking on the whole thing up. And then he gave me like the testicles, but he wouldn't tell me what it was. And he's like, try this. Delicious. And it was the most delicious part of the whole animal. Yeah. yeah. Like he cooked up um, the liver. I mean, everything. Yeah. And it was so, it was, it was funny. Well, and so much of it is just perspective of like, or perception of what you think it's going to be. And if you don't know. I like a lot, a lot of that organ meat. You don't. And that's yeah. totally fine. People like bitter things. People don't totally fine totally fine yeah i mean you try and you figure out what what works for you but like some like good at least be open yeah try it but like liver and onions for me yeah you get some good liver and onions it's like oh i'd rather have that more than steak my favorite food in the world is liverwurst i can't tell you how many things i've watched or heard people say of how much they hate it as it's it's like the worst possible second shout out to house sausage oh their liverwurst is so legit i've been waiting for so long for somebody to make a good liverwurst, and and you, there's like one brand you can buy. In so what, what is liverwurst? Um, basically, it's like pureed liver with, oh, okay. with, with some herbs like in it, herbs, yeah. and and kind of like pate kind of thing, you know, smeared on some bread or sure. crackers. And so yeah, that'd phenomenal. be delicious. Yeah, um, I think it's okay. But I think the reason why I love but it so Quinn much, okay, loves but it. it's okay for you, and you don't like liver, organ meat. Well, I mean, but I think the reason I love it so much is my is my grandma used to serve it all the time when I was a kid, and I didn't know what it was when I was a kid. It was just tasty, mm-hmm. and of course. now that I've grown up eating eating that, I've you know, ooh, liver gross, but that's not really a part of my connotations with that food. It was never gross because I didn't know it was gross. Yeah, it just tastes good. But I guess I mean, it must be good if you enjoy it. And you don't traditionally, I guess, like that kind of stuff. Yeah, I'm not like. I wouldn't say that I hate or I'm you don't a like real, pureed meat because I'm it's a like, texture person. Yeah. So sometimes textures I have a, a hard time with. Like Mortadella is like one of my favorite. Oh, I hate mortadella. Yeah, whereas I, I can't get enough of it. Yeah. What do you um, think about rice pudding? Oh, I can't do it. Really? Yeah. No. Yeah. No, I can't oh. do it. I absolutely like, cannot I'd do gag it. Gag a little cottage, bit, right? Cottage cheese cannot oh. do it. But but again, childhood <laughs> things. My dad used to make used to make rice pudding all the time. No, so therefore, yeah, yeah. There's something. It's a little gaggy. Yeah. Rice pudding. It's not for me. Something about it. You guys are weird. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what else has weird texture? 
Uh, what about raisins? How do you guys feel about raisins? I'm, I'm pro raisin. I think raisins are fine. Grape. Uh, grapes are much better. Yeah, grapes are awesome. Yeah. I don't know raisins. I'm not really down with. <laughs> I don't know if it's because I like. I like. Remember going at Halloween? Oh like yeah, some people get with a box That's of raisins, and I'm like, thanks for nothing. Side note: <laughs> for the very, 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 very niche group, maybe listening, who are mead makers, raisins are not nutrients. Google it. Figure it out. What? It is. Raisins are not nutrients when making mead. Oh, that was a deep cut. I have oh, no okay. idea what you're referencing. He just said something very controversial, I think. So, so that it, no one knows. No, <laughs> no, there's a very select group of people who do. So, so in the realm of mead making, when you, you when you, I, I, you're, you're making me do it. Oh, 30 seconds. Um, no, you just go when, send it. When, <laughs> when you first get into it, there's a whole lot of misinformation about how to make mead and one of those is that in order to make the yeast happy and to provide good nutrients you should just put raisins in there but raisins are not a good source of yeast okay. nutrients um so you should not use raisins okay. you can have flavor good flavor but okay. not nutrients okay thanks <laughs> this is that. michaela going rain it in quinn rain it in <laughs> I'm, I'm doing this motion just with my eyes yeah, yeah. yeah he can see it yeah he doesn't need to see it physically yeah mm. he knows mm. <laughs> are there any products that you guys want to make well i guess i yes i don't know <laughs> i guess you have a whole bunch of stuff that you that you already have prepared that you just haven't been able to do right because i was going to ask like what what stuff or what stuff do you guys have upcoming can you are say any of it goal for the future i don't know when it's going to start but our goal is to come out with one new product every single month Ooh, and then is that I'll- is that like one between the two businesses or one for each business? Well, for Squamalt specifically. For Squamalt, okay. yeah. So and, we and- basically have like our flagship vermouths. Um, we're also going to do a third. So we, the roast on the dry, we're always going to keep. We're going to do a third. Do you want to say what that is? Yeah. Yeah. We're going to do a Bianco style vermouth. Okay. Um, as well. And then. Exclusive. Yeah. yeah we've never told yeah, anybody. Yeah, this is an exclusive. Bianco's coming. Awesome. I don't know what it is, but it sounds cool. So. so- yeah. Go for it. <laughs> I like that you're like asking for permission. Can I get into the weeds? Um, not, so, so not deeply. There but. are three primary vermouth styles: Rosso, Bianco, and Dry. Um, the thing that differentiates a Rosso from a Bianco has nothing to do with flavor, but simply the fact that Rosso is colored with caramel and Bianco is not. So it is a sweet vermouth that is not colored. So it's cl- it's it's kind of clear or, oh. or pale straw color. So mm-hmm. you can use it in different drinks. Um, the flavor can be different, or it can't, or it can be the same. Uh, it doesn't really matter. Um, so is it most like the Rosso then, out of the three that I tried? It, it, yeah. it, it yeah, would it, it be. would be yes. Yeah. Okay, I, I think we'll, we'll we'll add some different things to it to to differentiate it. Yeah, we're, we won't do the entire whereas like a, the same botanical blend. The Rosso but. is a sweet vermouth, whereas the dry vermouth is not as sweet so it's um you know you got that differentiator there whereas the bianco is still sweet but yeah anyways we have that coming uh we want to do a lot more kina styles um because that's something that we really love and nobody's doing and a lot of people are really excited about well there was like a huge demand so when we did that like bottle smashing in july we basically posted and said like hey this is what's happening we have this amount of our like regular 750 ml bottles available and and we sold we have out to, we have to smash it yeah, within, we have to smash them, within, but like, within a week so if you want people, it get it now yeah 
that kind of came out of the woodwork and apparently were huge Kena fans. And well, um, well, we had stock we were sitting on for like six months because we accidentally made too much and then put that shout out and it was gone in like a few days. It was just, it was, oh, it was, it was it, awesome. It was unbelievable. So there's an appetite for it. And now yeah. that's what we hear is just like people being like, when are you going to bring back the Kina? So, so the two. So it's a new iteration of it. It's yeah. The, the, the two products we have in the roster are a Kina Salal, which will be similar to the Kina Rouge, a little bit different though, um, and is made with wild Vancouver Island foraged Salal berries. Um, what are those? Oh, they're so good. What are they like? They kind of like a blackberry or blueberry. Kind they, they, more they, blueberry. They are they are relative to blueberries. Yeah. Okay, um, they are prolific across across the the West Coast. They're not as juicy. They're they're a little they're very kind, dry. They're like waxy almost. Yeah, kind kind of. I, I can give you a taste after. Um, if you've ever had Odd Society's Slaw Gin. No, they. Oh yeah, Odd Society. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah blueberry ish. Okay. Um, they're kind of a relative to like slowberries. No, 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 no. They they're relative to, to, to blueberries, but Odd Society did their Salal gin as a riff off of Slow Gin, but using a local berry, and they chose Salal. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was, it was similar in, in flavor. In flavor. Yeah, 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 that's yeah. right. That's what I. That's what I meant. Yeah. Anyway, because Divine has a Slow Gin yes. that's killer. Okay. Yes. And that's somewhat flavor profile-y. Yes. Like they're um, kind of tangy and tart. Yeah, so we're going to do a Kina Salal. So rather than the base being a red wine, we're doing uh, Salal berries. And then we're going to do something called a, I think we'll call it a bitter lemon, mm-hmm. which will be like a. I can already tell I like that one. Bit, uh, like a yeah. bitter version of a lemoncello. Beautiful. Um, yeah. Beautiful. Sign me up. So, so I'll buy 10 right now. <laughs> we, we basically made a lemoncello following. So to make lemoncello, you steep lemon rinds and 95% alcohol and it extracts all of the alcohol soluble oils and then when you add water to that those oils can't dissolve into water so they break out of solution and go cloudy which was what makes lemoncello like a cloudy yellow but it's also what makes it so delicious because you're getting all those lemon oils that you wouldn't normally be able to extract if you did that like 40% which with a lot more water so we've made a high proof lemon extract following lemoncello practices but we're going to bitter it with with quinine um there's a british soda called a bitter lemon which is a lemon tonic basically like lemon flavored with with quinine so we're kind of taking that but shoving it into a lemoncello so it'll be lemoncello bittered with with quinine so like lemoncello tonic thing Mm. but yeah delicious I don't know. I, I would a, love like yuzu, mm. which would be like in the same, maybe at some point, like same type of I, I, plane. I have a list yeah. of yeah. all sorts of things. So with these flavors that you're, if you're doing one every month, mm-hmm. are these going to rotate? Like a month you get this one, a month you get this yeah. one? Yeah, we're basically, I mean, we want to do as much seasonal local stuff as we can too. Love like it. that's what was cool about the orange sick spritz that we did. And I think it's going to be slaw. kind of in the, and, and the slaw. Yeah, 100%. And there are so many like different little variations. Like I tried trail yeah. berries. Yes, trailing which, blackberries. Yeah, exactly. So, so, so good. Which I'd never tried before. Sharingham um, did a, a trailing blackberry uh, vodka, I think it was. Um, I was at the the plot market garden. I don't know if you know them. No, uh, but they do a CSA box as well. And I yeah. and I went and saw like their little, um, uh, where like their garden and stuff. 
And, and they were someone that was using like custom equipment they had made. And the amount of stuff they were able to harvest in like one eighteenth of the space that you would normally have, like it was so cool. But that was the first place that I tried uh, trail berries. So, so we've been working with um, Ben, uh, a forger uh, who runs a company called Forced for Dinner, the Moss Street Market every Saturday, um, and we're trying to work with as much regional ingredients as we can because i mean yeah it's great we're making like italian vermouth but there are so many flavors again being grown and made on the island that aren't grown anywhere else likes the lawberries Mm -hmm. um that has been a part of the culture of this region and should continue to be and there's all sorts of different flavors like that that i feel we need to showcase because we have i mean italian cuisine exists because of the things that grow there we could have a island cuisine because of the things that grow here um and i think we should keep pushing i mean this again this is why we love nowhere because they're 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 pushing that and 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 all the businesses uh uh that that are kind of pushing that local vibe is vibe is uh, it's something we believe in you should just just fucking eat local. Yeah, that's what it comes <laughs> to. Well, it's like <laughs> it's like at Ithaca, Maria said that back in Greece, they used to have pork once a year because during the year they would yeah. raise the pig, mm-hmm. and at Christmas time they would have yeah. they would they would eat the pig. Yeah. So that's the only time of year where you could have pork. Yeah. O- oregano is popular in Italian cuisine because it grows wild in Italy. That's it. <laughs> and yet we have all all these wild botanicals that grow here, but they're not part of our cuisine. Yeah, strawberries, for example, they're everywhere and they're delicious. Yeah, I've never heard of it. I'll I'll give you some after. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> okay, uh, root makes really good jam too. Yeah. yeah, I'm surprised I've never heard of this, especially if it like grows here. Oh, it's it's everywhere. Mm. Beaconell Park, there's tons of it. Oh, really? Yeah. So the little little squirrels and stuff are picking out. Yeah. Well, I guess they wouldn't, but we have wild somebody is here. They're delicious. There's all sorts of good things. Anyways, well, when you get that stuff too, and when it's like fresh. Like, it, yeah. you know, you get a tomato that's off the vine, like, like just Ugh, right there. Else. It's like, it's like a dessert. Yeah. dessert. Yeah. yeah. Or you can go to the grocery store and you get something that was picked a month ago and it looks like a tomato, but it doesn't taste like anything. Yeah. And, and <laughs> for us, we're just choosing to steep those flavors in alcohol to extract those flavors mm-hmm. and provide them to people in liquid form. Yeah. Can I ask yeah. about the impact COVID has had? Oh, yeah. Um... <laughs> like how, so how did that sort of happen for you guys when that hits i mean you guys just win that award i think you should talk about march 12th oh yeah so march 12th 2020 we were bottling covid day (laughs) that was the day that like our we were supposed to do a market that weekend we got like the call that was shutting down the like nba canceled everything yeah so we were we were bottling ginger beer that day and we were bottling a ginger beer run. So normally we do two sizes. We do 375 for retail and selling at markets for consumers. And then we do a 750 ml bottle for hospitality. So for bars and restaurants. Um, and we were doing an entire batch of hospitality sized ginger beer bottles that day. And so it was the everything first... we were making that day could only be sold at restaurants. Yeah. And mm. we were doing it on our fancy new bright tanks, which was kind of the thing um, 
that we had invested in in 2019. So well, well we yeah, have been this this room over to the right of us is not on camera, but it looks like this crazy little laboratory setup. <laughs> Th those very two, cool. The two tanks we had been talking. As I was previously talking about wanting a fancy bottler, we had been talking about those tanks in the same kind of way as Since one of those game-changing pieces yeah. of equipment that we've been dreaming about for four years. Yeah. Sure. And so we like, finally scrounged up the money to get them yeah. and did it. And this was the first time we'd ever used them. So oh, really? super so like quick overview of basically why they are so impactful for us is when we pasteurize product, we you mix it up in a tank and then you send it through the pasteurizer. But... um but it has to be basically from one sealed end to another sealed end. So that sealed, it's completely sanitary. sanitary. Yeah. Um, and we were doing that just in small, like 20 liter kegs. So I would fill a keg up with our like raw ginger beer that we had mixed, plug it into the pasteurizer. It would go into a sanitized keg on the other end, having been pasteurized. But for a batch of 400 liters plus. It would be like 25 kegs or. Every 15 or minutes you're switching these things and out. So, like, yeah, literally it's 15 minutes at a time I would go and oh. change. Go, keep going. The, okay. the uh, keep going. The video stopped on one of the things. Oh, I'll figure it out. <laughs> keep going. It's been such a short conversation. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's actually full. Keep going. Okay, keep going. Um, so basically, for pasteurizing, it was a nightmare because every fifteen minutes, I would have to go up and change the keg, and it was um, these things basically made it a long, oh, nearly labor-free, enjoyable process rather yeah, than painful. Yeah. So the bright tanks are basically one giant keg. So instead of changing a keg every 20 minutes to get all of that liquid through. And have to even clean all of those. And clean all of them. Yeah. You just one plug One thing to in, clean, one thing to... You just plug in the one end. <laughs> Sorry, <am I? laughs> it goes through the pasteurizer and it comes out, which is what I did today. So all the pasteurized ginger beer is on that giant tank Should on I the stop other cutting side. you off? Maybe. If, if you want me to get through the story, then yes. Okay. But anyway, basically this just enables us to do much larger batches and be much more efficient, which as we've already said is kind of our whole game, is to be as efficient as possible. So March 12th was our first time bottling from these giant tanks and bottling for bars and restaurants. And then everything was shutting down around us. And it was just a well, very like... That was the day they announced restaurants yeah. were shutting down. And yeah. pandemic was... Who, who knows what you who know knows what? that was nothing was like yeah. officially closed over the weekend like i still we went met up that was like i think that was easter weekend but but that was a, the start of our our pandemic was yeah. we had invested all of this money into this new kit and making a batch exclusively for restaurants and that entire avenue in which we were making that this entire revenue just, stream just poof, poof yeah. gone um and i think we mentioned before 65 percent of our Business was farmers markets and events. Those also poof gone. Yeah. Um, so March was dark. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that wasn't fun. Um, that was the day that hit so many people. Yeah, just like I mean, I just it can't imagine just the so stressfulness. Yeah, or the stress that that would have been incurred on that day because it's like this is your livelihood. This yeah, is how you live. Like this is how you support yourself. Yeah, and then all of a sudden it's just like gone. Yep. Sorry. Yeah. Yep. Um, fun. Nadia had just been in Vancouver like uh, the week before doing a, like a sales trip and got into all these restaurants and then they all canceled their but, orders. But, again, but that was a big deal too, going over to, over to Vancouver, yeah. you know, hotels, travel, the whole shebang. Like, uh, again, a big kind of 
time and effort and money investment to, yeah. to do that. And then it just kind of hit the fan. Yeah. She came home. She was taking like her vacation the next week and we're like, okay, well, I'll just work from home from after that. <laughs> it was just. <laughs> well, you're trying to figure it out like everyone else is, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. So we just, just did know, like, blindsided. Yeah. yeah. The one good thing, well, not one good thing about COVID, but like luckily in place before that, we already had our website because Quinn is pretty like tech, somewhat tech savvy. I would say. So Hi, like internet. we we already had our website and e-commerce and that all set up. So we were at least able to like hit the ground running. And we, we were already to planning scratch. to go e-commerce yeah. heavy. So we, yeah. we, we were um, a couple steps ahead. So we kind of pushed that. We did a lot of local deliveries. Yeah. The like March and April. Oh. I mean, even the rest of 2020. Basically, now. we, we yeah. shifted the whole business over to wholesale, which is yeah. hard because when you're selling at farmer's markets, we're able to sell at like kind of retail price. So, so, so the margins are much better are, are sustainable. Where, yeah. Whereas wholesale is, is a volume game because a typical grocery store will take 35% off of the kind of what the consumer pays. Um, so we had to make more product, but make less ourselves. So plus deal with everything else. Um, one of the other good things I think that came out of it though, we, had for a few years in the back of my our head went, eh, maybe we should make bitters, but never really did. And then the bitters were actually a pandemic response um, of of a product, frankly, that's got a kind of decent price retail, but they're they're small, so we can ship them via e-commerce yeah, quite quite effectively. Whereas it's it's expensive to ship a seven fifty mil of uh vermouth for $25 but shipping uh 150 ml bottle for for $25 um is is a little bit more reasonable in a pandemic. Um shipping is crazy. Oh it's oh, oh God. In, in Canada it is so expensive to it's ship so anything. Expensive. And Insane. It's one of like, our biggest expenses. Biggest expenses and we and most complicated things to deal with. We yeah. offer free shipping uh, after like a certain price point which is like a pretty reasonable I think like yeah. I we've <laughs> We should start. But we offer free shipping, shipping, but we still have to pay for it. <laughs> uh, of course, and it's, <laughs> it's, like, it's so expensive. <laughs> it's so expensive. <laughs> like, there are so many times where, like, we had the baking steel posted on Etsy, and we got like two orders from the U.S. that were going to like I think like Florida and Texas with free shipping. It's like like we made negative money on yeah. those baking steels, yeah. but whatever. It's it's fine. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I'm, I get it too. Like, I want free shipping when I'm ordering things. Yeah, yeah. of course. Yeah. Um, I understand, and like it causes me to not order things sometimes when it's not free shipping, but like, yeah, that's a, an expense. The business has to just eat. So. I mean, when I've sold stuff on eBay, like I did sometimes I'll just do free shipping because I know people want that. Yeah. But now I'm eating like a $25 yeah, charge, which is huge. It is huge. It's crazy. It really, I mean, it depends on the the price, I guess, of the, the product. Facebook yeah. marketplace is nicer that way. Cause people will just come here and pick stuff up. If people want what you're selling. Yeah. A hundred percent. But to I, reach I've, the audience, I've obviously. kind of transitioned, yeah, from Use Victoria to Facebook. I think, yeah, I think, I think, I think a lot of people have. Yeah, I just posted some stuff recently, and it was like, yeah, ninety percent was off Facebook of the interest. Yeah, ten percent Use Victoria. Yeah, I think it depends on the product you're selling, but for some stuff, like, like there's going to be a whole bunch of people that maybe like like a product you make, but they might not all be local. Mm-hmm. Like they're going to exist somewhere. You just have to find all those people. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean it's a challenge. Yeah. But like I mean, like I said, we had at least the bones for our e-commerce setup. So we pushed into that. Mm-hmm. And then we did I mean a squamalt itself is a pandemic. Basically baby. a pandemic business. Yeah. yeah. We launched the Kina in July 2020. We did the merch, kind of did some pre-sales for that. So we got that April, May. 
Yeah, honestly, the merch was just kind of one of those things like, okay, what can we, what can we make that people might want to buy online? Mm -hmm. Um, So, okay, merch, maybe that's one of those things. And it's, there been a ton of trial and error figuring out what works and what doesn't. I think ultimately though, it has made our business, like if we're looking for kind of silver linings of the whole shebang is like, it's forced us to get smart with the way our businesses run and we've got this like incredible network of wholesale accounts now too um that's that, really strong that like then that we didn't have before that we didn't have before um thank you nadia yeah, thank you nadia oh my god <laughs> shout out a million times over to nadia yeah um, remember when i when i said we shifted we originally brought her on to help with farmers <laughs> markets and then the pandemic hit and we went hey we need help over on this other side and she's just blown it away oh, she she, it. yeah yeah She's, she's fantastic. Oh yeah. my God. She's the best. She's so um, personable and just like, she is. she is the person. If you want someone like, um, being at your booth at a market, yeah. like can't find anyone better. She's, she's just so like passionate about good food and drink. And yeah. that's what I was saying before about her being so connected too. is like, she just like genuinely loves she this cares. kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I've learned a lot of things about just seeing food that she's gone and had totally. or drink somewhere or something. 100%. Oh, us too. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Um, so her like, yeah just working away and getting all of those wholesale accounts and following up because we don't have time to do any of that um and she's crushing it so yeah we've i mean like i said so we have this wholesale base so we're i think it's kind of made our business stronger in the sense that like once we get through the pandemic if we ever it's not going to be getting through it but if we we can layer back on some of the things that were lost yeah i I think bring on some of those like high margin Farmers things, markets, like yeah. Farmers markets and events, and we'll, we'll be stronger for it if we get out. Term. And yeah. I think our whole thing, and I think with a lot of other businesses, is we just need to get out of this alive. And if we can do this and get out alive, will we'll, we be better off at the end than we were going yeah. into it? One hundred percent. Like yeah. twenty twenty was very much a like for everyone and for us really is just like I panic a panic bought, I, I panic bought <laughs> cardboard <laughs> yeah. oh god cardboard. i bought so well, much cardboard like <laughs> custom shippers like shipping boxes oh i see i see and quinn's yeah. like oh well if we got five thousand instead of this many thousand we get this many yeah that was like, my panic buy yeah, yeah we get cardboard. this much off so we have many shippers for all of our bottles yeah. but like We're the baking deals and merch and we we got a couple in actually we started this in 2019 but a couple in alberta to like retrofit a uh, bowler trailer to do like with taps on the side for markets and events and then we went and picked it up in july 2020 and then we sold it it was done in april yeah it was it was done we were actually supposed to go like april 1st to go pick it up um which we did not yeah the we had exactly retrofitted a bowler trailer with nine taps on the outside to do weddings and events serving all of our amazing our drinks yeah which in a pre-pandemic world would have been amazing it was completely restored and and yada 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 um we started it in september or october 2019 it was ready april April 2020 and then we picked it up in july and sat on it for a year it just sat in our warehouse and then we were just like oh this hurts but we just need to sell this and move on exactly yeah yeah, that was another one of those kind of plan for one thing and then went another way Yeah. yeah Yeah, that would suck though. That would be a hard one to do. Oh, it just hurt. You never got it was to use so it. cute. We yeah. never got no, to use it. Once. It was no. so adorable. Yeah. I hope um, you guys made out okay on it at least. Like at least. Oh, we oh, oh yeah. We didn't You're end okay. up losing money, but okay, it was good. a lot of work a bit as far as just like going to get it and Again, that's, that's, design that's, it and build it and yeah. That, yeah, yeah. that free money that you just yeah, that exactly. free time that just yeah. gone. <laughs> well, and just the cost of the whole thing that then just sat there. Yeah. 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 
But it went to a really lovely couple on the mainland yeah. who was doing like an events business. So awesome. I think it has a good home. But again, also learning to focus and not yeah. try and start an events business also on top of everything else. Which I God can't even imagine if that had happened. Like if there was yeah. no pandemic, yeah, like we were going to do weddings we and that. all, you know, oh, all that stuff. Yeah. It would have been yeah. far too much. Yeah. yeah. These different timelines. I feel like the timeline we're in yeah. versus the other timelines of like the alternate dimensions or whatever. Oh, like yeah. we're, we're on Wild. some weird ass thing. Th- there's a really good show. God, what's it called? Counterpoint. Counterpoint. Yes, it, 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 it's on Amazon Prime. Um, what's the actor's name? Uh, J.K. Simmons. She's really good with actor names. Like, yeah, you name give me anything. a movie and I can tell you yeah. who's in it. <laughs> J.K. Simmons. Uh, and the premise was basically a organized government organization found access to an alternative reality, um, and there's like a little bridge, and you know, like. A sci-fi sci-fi counterintelligence <laughs> things pursue but in the other world and this was made in like 2019 uh, 2018, 20, 2018 yeah. went through a pandemic oh really and so you had the normal world and then this like post-pandemic stricken world but it was filmed before but oh my god because everyone's to- like i remember watching it because i don't like dramatic things on tv it stresses me out so quinn was watching it but i was seeing people in masks and i was like this it, is filmed in, in mask and, and they go up to like an intersection and before they press the button there'd be like a thing of sanitizer there like and they actually the really and like, thought through what a pandemic would be like very very thoroughly but it was really was eerie to, to yeah. watch i was playing on my that. on my iphone a game Mm-hmm. Where it's about like a pandemic disease. Mm-hmm. And the whole point of the game is like you're playing as the virus. Yeah. So you, the whole point of the game is to try and affect the whole world. Yeah. So as like it, oh, as people start doing research, <laughs> this is like three years ago, right? Yeah. I think I think I remember hearing about yeah, this. Yeah, I forget yeah. what it was called. But like as people do research in this country, you can like use your points to mutate so you get past that thing. <laughs> oh my God. And, and you can see the globe as it like turns red and you want to like wipe out everybody before they get rid of you. It was looking at it now, it's like some sick, disgusting yeah. thing. Yeah. But back then it was like this interesting little game that I played for like that a couple of days. That would never happen. Yeah. It's like, oh, this is some nice fantasy. Yeah. 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 Meanwhile. <laughs> Toilet paper, not on the shelves. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone panicking. Yeah. I think my panic buy was um, the Squimalt Wholesale Club. Actually, it's right near here. It's just behind right us. Yeah, it's right there. I went there on the day that everything was like fell apart. Oh, we went to Costco on that day. It was weird. Or the next yeah, day on was, the 13th. When we I walked went, in the yeah. place, I saw two owners of local restaurants that I knew just walking in the no door fact. at the same time as me. And they were all like, like no one knows, what, knows what's going on. Pale white. Yeah. I bought a bag of, um, of chickpeas, which I still, <laughs> which I still I haven't, haven't even opened. No, I haven't. So I'm going to, I'm going to be giving that to, so to Mo because they can make some hummus. hummus. Yeah, yeah. They'll make hummus yeah, yeah. with it. But yeah, hundred percent. It's on my floor. so funny. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, well, maybe I need to eat something at some point. <laughs> Just straight so soak these. these. Yeah, I'll soak these for a while. Right? You're, you're just like emergency kit. It's just chickpeas. bag of chickpeas. Oh, protein you, protein powder with no like no water. Yeah. I just got a bunch of protein powder. Yeah. I'll try and eat that. <laughs> and then I got some, yeah, some chickpeas. Yeah. Yeah. So we've I think like everybody else, we've shipped shifted and adapted and changed. And, but it has helped us really like hone in yeah. and remember those of just like, okay, we're not gonna panic. Twenty twenty one was really like getting our focus back and getting financially super stable, like Quinn had kind of alluded to before, just like personally and then with the business. And so not to have like super high hopes for 2022, but like, I feel like we've 
hopefully the business is healthier. Up. Yeah, we're and a so lot we, healthier, and, uh, so much healthier than we were pre-pandemic. So you say vegetable boxes. I've eaten so many more vegetables. Yeah, sign up. <laughs> Support local farms. Eat your oh vegetables, my God. kids. Yeah, it's so important. So important. They like, work so hard. Do you know how hard they work? It's, it's, it's crazy. ridiculous. I didn't really like vegetables before. And now, now Quinn likes vegetables. And I love them now. And I realized because the vegetables I was getting at the grocery store didn't taste like anything. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. But, but yeah. the stuff down the road has it tastes good. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Totally different thing. <laughs> Who would have thought? Again, it's 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 like being in the same they're called the same thing. They look the same, but, but they taste so different. These are two ends of the spectrum. Yeah. yeah right. Truly. Yeah. A hundred percent. I think tomato. <laughs> <laughs> kind of, yeah. Like literally, yeah. <laughs> one of those is great. The other one's not. Yeah. Um, you decide. <laughs> I think we we might need to cut my my thing keeps cutting off here, so we're over and three we've hours. Been here for yeah. so long. Three hours and <laughs> that, ten minutes. That clock is an, it's hour an hour. Ahead. I know it's an hour. Ahead. And our dog hasn't had. Did you feed her? Yeah, I fed her. Uncle, that's good. Yeah. So I think we might need to cut this here. I could keep going. This but was I think fun. We could do a part two eventually. I would love to. Yeah, this yeah. was so easy. Yeah, you guys are great. Yeah. Thanks. I got to say. No, you too. this is super fun. Um, is there anything else that we didn't mention you'd like to mention? I don't know when this is going to air. I would say in the next two to three weeks. Sweet. Is there anything that we didn't touch on? Um, I don't know. We've been talking for a while. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of we stuff came up. We touched on many things. I mean, actually, it's interesting because I did another episode on Tuesday. And like I write stuff down here. Mm-hmm. Did we get through any of your list? Um, I think we went through actually most of it. Oh, did we? All the other on ones nothing. before these, like <laughs> all the other ones before this one and the last one, I would always like, I'm sticking to the list and because I, I couldn't just free ball. Yeah. But then like it, this was easy because I didn't even look at it really. Oh, you just so, give Quinn a tangent and he'll take it and go. Yeah. You made it easy for me. Yeah. <laughs> me? Yes, you. <laughs> so what would you say is the, um, the biggest lesson that like as an in- individuals, as you've learned through like running business or running a business? Um, uh, trust your gut. I think that's. Yeah, that's a good. Like number one of just, if you think something is, is a, a miss, is a miss or a good idea or a bad idea or whatever, just like there's some going to be like some innate feeling. Like every time that we've looked back on something and been like, Ugh, yeah, that wasn't the right thing. I can like recognize that when we started down that path, yeah. I was like, "Ugh, I don't think." But this once is you a good get down idea. it, it just snowballs. Yeah, then it yeah. snowballs, which is bad. So yeah, just trust your trust your gut. Look out for those red flags. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And you'll get better at recognizing them as you go. So that's a bonus. What's yours? Hmm. Do you have one? Can you repeat the question? <laughs> just, 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 I've got some vague ideas, but I want to define it a little better. I, I would say. What is your biggest takeaway, whatever that means to you, mm. that you've learned from running a business? Oh, I have another one. Okay, go with it. <laughs> just like, What's that one? Just surround yourself with good people. That'll be honest, right? But yeah, but good people is the key to this. No, not even be honest. Uh, getting bullshit can actually be rewarding and, and and you can learn from it um but to that point like don't don't listen to people people will sh- spit a lot of bullshit and oh, yeah. trust your gut don't listen to it half the time yeah um but also i think one of the biggest takeaways which was the walking cooler mm-hmm. i actually think was one of the biggest takeaways was we didn't think we could build it and then just start 
even if you don't yeah. think you can do yeah, it, yeah, yeah. just start. Just, yeah. just actually, one of the one of the hardest things about if you're an introvert, one of the hardest things about going out is just putting your shoes on. And making that decision, just put your shoes on and go out. Just, just start, just start the project, just do that thing. And it'll, it it kind of blew, has blown our mind consistently of once you just start down a path, if you just figure it out and trial and error and problem solve, you, you probably complete that thing. That's 90% of the battle. Yeah. Yeah. Just starting. It's just starting. Just start. Even tonight, today, I was feeling a little tired earlier, been really busy. You guys, I didn't hear from you until like two or three to really confirm that we're doing it. Yeah. And I'm kind of like, honestly, like half of me was like, let's just do it next week. <laughs> right. <laughs> but then, but then now we've done this and like, this has been fucking amazing. Yeah, it's been yeah. So, so yeah. like, I can't imagine not doing this. Then once we started, like, it's totally good. Like, I don't care. I don't, I, I'm glad I'm here. You know yeah. what I mean? But again, just, just start. Yeah. Because there's always going to be a million reasons to not do it. 100%. But at the same time, I would actually... Don't push too hard, though. I've been doing that recently. Don't do that. Yeah. I, 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 this, this, I have a mentality. I, I can use tattoos as an example. Um, if you come up with an idea for a tattoo, wait a year. And if you still like it in a year, chances are you'll probably continue to like it for the rest of your life. Yeah, it's really a balance of starting it just to get going, but also just like not jumping but, into things without thinking them through. Yeah, th- think it through. Spend some time with that idea. Just let it mull and sit there for a while. And if you still think it's a good idea, then start it. Yeah, it took me like 10 months to actually get off my ass and do this podcast. Like I was talking about it for a year, but yeah. if, but if you've been talking about it and thinking about it for a year, yeah. chance, it's time to do it. Chances yeah. are you'll be happy doing it for five years or ten years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you've been thinking about it for like a day or two, and then you lose you know, interest, invest yeah. all, all yeah. this time and effort into it, and yeah, then you realize spend you don't a couple like it. grand, yeah. yeah, and then you don't like it like yeah. a week later. There are so many hobbies I have. I, I, I tried to I tried to play the banjo once, and I bought a banjo, and then I decided that's too much effort, and I don't care that much. Oh, Quinn bought a harmonica at the beginning. Uh, of harmonica the tried that too. Awesome. Yeah. Um, Less investment than a banjo. Yeah, but those were those. What like, about yo-yos? <laughs> no, I haven't done yo-yos yet. Okay. Be fun though. No, no. Oh my god. Start learning the like around the world and all that stuff. Or hula hoops. (laughs) Or like slinkies. What about slinkies? I will think about slinkies for a year. And if in a year's time I'm still thinking about slinkies, I will buy a slinky. Yeah, remember those? Yeah. What about those things you put around your ankle with the little uh spinner ball thing that used to flip around? It's like it was like jump rope. Yeah, like a jump rope thing. Like personal something. And it would, it would, it would, uh, it had a little counter. Every time it it went around, around it would, it would count a number. Really? Yeah. Oh, there's so many. pretty sweet. This (laughs) This is like a throwback nineties podcast all of a sudden. This is a whole, I could go down a tangent of like a million (laughs) things from the late eighties. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. This has been absolutely incredible. Yeah. It's been lots of fun. Yeah. I hope that, I mean, this has been a long time coming. I know. Yeah. And I never have expectations, but I feel like this has met whatever I expected it to be. But I think we were talking about doing this. Was it pre- no, it was a year ago. Pandemic? No, it was it was, it was before ago. all this stuff came in effect. I think last October. Oh, yeah. right, right, right. October right, last right. year. Yeah, because I was in a big fume about the gift sets and yeah. yada, yada. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. then, yeah, that, that, that stuff came in play. I recorded the one at Ithaca like a day before yeah. everything shut down. Yeah. yeah. And then it was like game over. Yeah. So. It's good to be here. But again, if, if you were talking about it for a year and then even through all of that shit, if you care enough, you'll just keep doing it. And that's exactly, yeah. And now we're here. Yeah. 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 So it worked out like it's supposed to. Perfect. If people want to find out more about Rootside, Squamalt Wine, what you guys are doing. I should Instagram more. Oh, yeah. We were talking about that before. 
Um, but root set. What's our handle again? Yeah, where should people go to it? find out no. more about you guys? <laughs> I've changed it a few times. Oh, Rootside Mixers or, okay. or, or a Squamalt Wine um, on Instagram is probably the best spot. Um, I will I will post more. Or Rootside.ca yeah. or SquamaltWine.ca. Yeah. Or just just come here and talk to us. Yeah, they got a nice little area out the front here. Yeah. All the products there. Yeah. Well, I, I don't a, know if nice is the right word. It's kind of like it's pseudo. In our yeah, it, it, it's in you a production space. There's, for, there's forklifts. There's a forklift right there. Yeah, yeah. that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, come, come visit us. Come come talk. Come try some things. Farmers markets. Farmers markets are yeah. the. You can sample things. You can go see other vendors. You can yeah. Farmers. How markets. big of an impact has that made? Being able to do samples again. Oh, massive! Huge, 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 huge. huge. Like on a, on a scale of zero to ten. You think for Esquimalt, huge, yeah, because nobody knows what vermouth is, mm. yeah, a Root little, slightly less, a little easier. People know what tonic water and ginger beer but and lemonade like are, massively beneficial, but yeah, being able to be like, hey, we make this thing called vermouth or spritz, ooh, I don't like vermouth, try it, oh, this is good, like, it's, yeah, it, it, yeah. <laughs> it makes a big difference, <laughs> okay, stop talking. Okay, so I, think, I need to rein him in. <laughs> this is the. Uh, we're gonna, I guess we're going to end this thing. If you're looking for more about what I'm doing, you can go to vicfoodguys.ca or go to vicfoodguys on Instagram. He's actually really good at Instagram. There's a lot of awesome stuff. <laughs> Thank you. Way better than us. So, yeah, just go to uh, Vic Food Guys. You'll see my stuff. Um, and I will see you all again soon. Have a good day, night, morning, whenever you're listening to this. And thank you again, guys. Buy fucking local. <laughs> hashtag buy fucking. Hashtag, hashtag support local yes. and buy fucking local. Yes, please. Everyone, please. Please. Thank you.